This is Alt Haven's exclusive live stream of Predation. If you're eager to witness the live action firsthand, join us on Twitch every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST on twitch.tv slash Althaven. If you're savoring what you hear and want more captivating content, explore Althaven's other remarkable podcasts, like $2 Creature Feature and Pest Control. Our extensive backlog spans from the mystical realms of ghosts, werewolves, and vampires to the cosmic adventures of Star Trek and the heroic tales of superheroes. Your support is invaluable to Althaven, and we appreciate every moment you spend with us. Thank you for being part of our Haven. Hello, it's been a while. It's good to see everybody. Welcome back to uh, Monday Night Gaming with the Streampunks. I am Eric Campbell, your GM, and we are joined here by our good pals, the Streampunks, who uh, are helping me launch a whole new chapter of the story of Silver Creek. For those of you who are just now learning about this, uh, this is a continuation of the original campaign which we played a few years ago called Secrets of Silver Creek. All new characters, whole new story. So we're really excited to be back here. This was originally, this campaign began as an unlock for a fundraiser and just kind of, we fell in love with it and we didn't want to leave it. We've always wanted to come back to it. We've been talking about it for years and we decided to seize the opportunity to do it. So here we are. Um, so... Let's go ahead and start things off by jumping straight into some announcements so we can get into uh, our story tonight. Uh, before we begin, does anybody have any announcements that they would like to get out there? Anybody at all? Nobody has any announcements for you? Oh, Lisa, go ahead. Yes, please. <laughs> I have one. Um, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> when you said it, I had to. Uh, no, that's not my announcement. Um, I have some story loom updates. Um, first of all, you can now download Storyloom uh, from the app store of your respective mobile device. Yay, much more convenient than non-browser. Second of all, I have two stories now. The, the first one, Welcome to the Blow Bar, is complete. I wrote 10 chapters plus an epilogue, so go check it out. I'm running a little thing where if you send me a screen grab that you got to the end, I will enter you into a little like raffle off on my Instagram for a $50 gift certificate. So go do that before the end of this month. It's ending on Thursday. And then I have a second story that I'm rolling out this week. It's a new story. It's a spinoff of Welcome to the Blood Bar. So check those out. Yay. That's my announcement. All right. Thank you. Anybody else have any other announcements they'd like to get in on? Yes. Is that you, Caitlin, kind of raising your hand? No, no, that was just playing. Yes, go ahead, Noir. <laughs> uh, yes, I almost forgot. We have our uh, Tuesday uh, cof uh, coffee game uh, happening. We're doing Kids on Bike this week, uh, kind of straying away from the Star Trek stuff for the, uh, for the moment. Uh, and, of course, it's going to be Sam and Anita starting a brand new story. And I cannot wait to see what shenanigans they get up to. <laughs> Nice. I will be perfect innocence. Thank you. Mm, I don't, I no don't need to insight check me. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> innocence. All right. Well, does anybody else have any other announcements that they would like to throw out there? Okay. In that case, before we begin tonight, I just wanted to... Oh, yes. Give me one sec. Uh, yeah. um, um, but before we begin tonight, I just wanted to take a moment to say that this is... We have... I, I haven't... I didn't get a chance to calculate how many campaigns Streampunks has played now. But it's well into the high teens at this point. <laughs> we have played so many games together since we originally met at uh, Geek and Sundry years ago. And um, the makeup of the group has evolved and changed and grown and become more and more pretty every day, as you can see here with all these people on your screen. 
But uh, I just wanted to take a moment as we're starting yet a new story to get a little sentimental and just thank you all. It's lovely to come back to Silver Creek. But again, as always, it's worth pointing out that these campaigns, these stories that we build with you, Ox Crew, they're only possible because of all the support that you've been giving us over the years. So if you'll excuse my NPR pitch here right now during like a membership drive, but it's possible because of you. Thank you so much for all of your support over the years. And thank you for allowing us to tell yet another chapter in the story of Silver Creek. Um, that also being said, I am implementing a rule. So we are playing Cypher System tonight. As you all know, Cypher System is kind of our home base. Our first encounter with Cypher System is when Sam and I helped build a world called Callisto 6 back over in Geek and Sundry that was fleshed out by everybody in the world. I said flesh world in the same sentence. Did you see that, Sam? Yeah. So um, we have been wanting to come back here for a while. We have had time to reflect over ways to implement rules here in the Cypher System. Typically, in Cypher System, XP expenditures uh, allow players to have rerolls whenever they wish to have a reroll. Um, this is a pretty powerful dramatic device that I have wanted to sort of trim down a little bit. So in that spirit, instead of allowing for rerolls, those are completely removed. And instead, per game, our supporters over on Coffee, as they did with our points in Beacon, are now allowed to let somebody, if you spend a point, a story point, supplied to you by our Coffee supporters, if you spend a story point, you will be allowed to be trained in any skill that you're attempting for that one skill, which eases the difficulty automatically by one. So and it does not count towards your maximum. The maximum you can ease any difficulty is three, but you can actually spend a story point and break that and ease it by four. So without the maximum goes up to four. So you guys will be able to manipulate things a little bit thanks to our friends supporting us uh, on coffee all right that was the only thing i was going to introduce to my players uh does anybody else have any announcements i think i saw one from sam we get to be some dinos we get to be some dinos some dinos some dinos we get to be some dinos i'm excited that was we get to be some dinos coming in at number one on the charts this week and now let's get into our game legacy of silver creek well it's a thick warm air that greets you when you awaken zach it's early spring so here in the village of silver creek not too far from the mud flats and coastlines of the inland sea known as the draco split the humidity as it always does every year becomes dangerous most of the animals that congregate around Silver Creek make excessive use of the river that runs down nearby, giving Silver Creek its name. But mornings, even the evenings, are sometimes relentless. Thankfully, Silver Creek is far enough away from the flats that you do not have to contend with the swarm of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of mosquitoes. Clouds of them enough to darken the sky they don't make it that far inland thankfully mostly because of the winds that blow in off of the split and that's the only reprieve you get as it kisses the sweat that's already drenching your forehead as you awaken in your bed staring up at the ceiling at the makeshift 
home that you have built here that you were granted when you came of age. You're not sure why you woke up at first as you lay in your bed. Usually you're up about the time about the time when sun has at least come up. It's been up for a little while. You have an internal clock that lets you sleep in a little bit since your shifts are usually pretty late when you're doing any kind of patrol around Silver Creek, making sure that the village is always safe. It takes you a moment to realize the shouting noises from outside is what's awoken you. Your name being shouted over and over, getting louder and louder as someone is breathlessly charging up to the front door of your home. You can even hear the splashing of heavy feet as they enter into some puddles that have collected outside your door, followed by the immediately pounding on the metal sliding door that guards the front part of your house. Zach! Zach, it's, it's bad, it's bad, it's real bad, man! You hear it over and over. Um, just immediately storming over. How, what, do you, what do you mean it's really bad? I'm gonna need you to be more clear and tell me what is happening. When the now. door slides open, what do they see? Describe Zach if you would, please. Uh, Zach is a very tall, athletic build. Um, uh, he's got uh, just a, a, a crew cut uh, and a very close cut uh, shaven beard. Very orderly, just nothing about it is excess. It's all part of the job. Uh, and so he's bolting out almost as if he was expecting something to go wrong. Well, you're confronted by Amon. Amon is a young man who in our more modern day, we would know immediately as somebody who is probably of Indian descent. But here, it doesn't carry such con context as there is no such place as India in the Cretaceous <laughs> period or any other country, really. Instead, here, you are confronted with a very handsome, square-jawed young man who is a member of your militia team. He's already decked out in his makeshift armor, a complex amalgam of what looks like highly advanced technology, uh, some kind of sensory display of holographic projection on his arm. And then across his chest looks like plates with sort of this crude looking cloth that's been tossed over, just denoting that he is an underling of your militia unit. A strange cross of high tech and primal ancient technologies kind of jammed into one. He's just catching his breath and goes, Tezin, uh, the kid, Tezin, he went out, he went out into the, into the South Fields and trikes, heard of trikes are out there this morning. He's Do we know how many? Trikes? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe 15 or 16. Tezin, if you would, please, what skills do you have that in animals like animal habits or dinosaur habits or behavior do you have any oh uh, yes i do have uh my walking with the dinosaurs nice all so, right uh, yeah what, go ahead. so go ahead and make me a, the first roll of the game the difficulty is two it's a quick reminder to those of you who are not familiar with cypher system Cypher system throws out difficulty numbers that you have to hit. The difficulty number is multiplied by three. So right now, Noir needs to roll a six or better on a D20. Okay. Go ahead and make your roll and tell me what you get. 
Unless you have skills to lower the difficulty. Yeah, if you have skills to lower the difficulty. Uh, skills, like animal behavior or anything like that. Uh, I don't think I need it. I got a nine. You're good. Okay. It doesn't strike you immediately, Zach, as to why Amon is so breathless. Why this is such a big deal. Because the trikes show up every year. It's early spring. Of, there's, of course they're in the south fields. That's where they gather. For, oh, it clicks. Mating season. South fields are dangerous with trikes in it for mating season because the bulls are out and they are very eager to fight. The uh, village of Silver Creek is constantly told, especially the kids, to stay out of the south fields in early spring. And it starts to click what Amon is trying to tell you as he's Tez and how the South Fields went missing. Found we think he's out there right now. Oh god. Okay. Alright. Um Do I have anyone available? Uh does anyone look uh ready and available to go out and try and get this guy? Amon looks ready. Alright. I'm just gonna go uh then we're gonna go back out there and we're gonna bring everyone home. Not and we make sure everyone remembers to stay out of this area. Let's just, let's go. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, where did, where uh, does Kimberly normally stay, sleep in your, in your abode? Is uh, she indoors with you? Does she have her own? Uh, Kimmy has a, a little nest just outside of uh, his door. Oh, uh, then she probably would have been like, she probably would have snapped it. Amon when he came up. Yeah, probably this large beak immediately <laughs> snapping down as the pterosaur just watching. I mean, the thing is, Kimmy, I imagine Kimmy has seen Amon and is familiar with Amon, yes. but that won't matter as Amon forgets <laughs> the cardinal rule. You don't run up on the doorstep like this in the morning <laughs> when Kimmy is just waking up as well. You just don't run up on a pterosaur. <laughs> She's like very twitchy. It's too early. And she's kind of, I think he got snapped yeah. out right away while he was, it would have been off screen while he was knocking on the door. She didn't like bite him or anything, but she, it was, yeah. it was a very complaint. And she's been like kind of grumbling uh, and kind of looking when the door's open, looking to Zach, like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing right now? So, Waiting. Like, give, us a, give us a quick, ex uh, quick description of this pterosaur. How large is Kimmy? Kimmy's Nesting on top big. of your house. Yeah. Um. Let me look. What did we write? I wrote down. So Kimmy has a wingspan of 25 feet. So um, an adult then. Basically. An adult. She yeah. stands about eight feet tall. Um, I think she's <sighs> just about eight feet. She's got, so they're the uh, really the huge, long mm -hmm. uh, uh, beak. Uh, and that takes this, most of their body is a huge head. Uh, and then wings folded up and kind of like snapped up kind of behind her. Uh, so uh, it's like down the, like. God, they're so hard to describe. Their hands technically, what would mm -hmm. be hands, touch the ground, and their mm -hmm. feet they touch fold the ground. Up. The feet then, are kind like, of shortened and kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's in like fact, she's folded up with her little W right now, like waiting. But she is like her entire head is like the size of a child. <laughs> um, if I remember correctly, Noir, did you say that Kimmy is a pterodactyl? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. One second. Yeah, so she's so she's not not as not as big as like the the ones they find that stand like 15 20 feet tall but yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. Not a, she's big she's she's about eight she's feet big. tall a dangerous animal to say the least and the snapping noise the popping sound that it makes when that beak snaps shut right in front of 
uh, poor Amon can be heard throughout Silver Creek. <laughs> Snap. Um, Amon has backed away from the front door and goes, sorry, I, f I forgot, I forgot, sorry, I, uh, I forgot. You sorry. Remember. You have to go slow. Uses hands up and kind of backs away to signal signal deference to Kimmy as takes a couple of steps back. Kimmy kind of like pokes, uh, kind of like I think nudges the tip of her uh, uh, beak kind of into Zach's like pad leg, like definitely like, like like as if she's done anything here <laughs> definitely giving reassuring scratches for that <laughs> she clicks a little bit okay when you step out into the main path that leads through the village of silver creek to give you a basic idea of what this place looks like it is just like the technology that is all over amen silver creek itself is an amalgam of technology and current day tech using what is available to the people here in the Cretaceous period. Some of the tech was brought here decades ago by the founders of Silver Creek, who were former citizens of this capital, Kaleno. They were a part of an organization called Sati. They migrated 400 miles north and managed to establish this little village. They took with them a lot of tech with them to make it a successful establishment so you do get metal buildings that look quite high tech and you get hovels that are really well made and really well cared for but are definitely of the different technology le levels um stepping out into the muddy path that leads through silver creek the population of this village is about 54 with 15 families pretty small pretty active early in the mornings and as you come charging out with Kimmy starting to get agitated and, and follow after, you can see that the village itself has gotten riled up and people are calling out. You can hear uh, somebody calling out in the distance, un unaware of what they're saying, but it's the general atmosphere of urgency, kind of pushing you even further to move faster as you charge out of your house, Zach. Um, grabbing whatever weapons you can out the side of your door and throwing on whatever armor you have and charging out towards the main gate. When you reach the main gate, you see atop the main gate waiting for you is Piper. You know Piper as the leader of the militia or essentially known as the protector of Silver Creek. She is, has deep tan skin and dirty blonde hair that's been pulled back and cut over and over and over again with just a hunting knife. She doesn't seem to take too much care of what the hell her hair is doing. Instead, she looks like she is wearing... She is very fond of melee weapons, since the most of what she has to deal with are animals that get too close or people that are foolish enough to challenge her. She holds by her side as she comes running up to the main gate to open it for you. Looks like she's holding this huge glaive, which you know that once belonged uh, to her mother, Alice. Alice Skystone, the former protector of Silver Creek. She comes running up to the main gate and she goes, are you headed out? Absolutely. Are you looking to join? She opens the gate. She says, I'll be right behind you. You and Kimmy are going to be faster than anybody else. We got on stuff right now. She pushes down the gate as the door starts, starts to slide open. All right. I think, I think me and Kimmy are going to take off. All right. You dash out of the gate. Kimmy, you take to the sky. They should got to do like a, 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 
pterodactyls can't really, they're so big, they can't really do just like a wing flap takeoff. They have to like four <laughs> limb launch themselves. Like it can't be like a running takeoff. It's like, it's like a, a sort of a, sort of a running start, but it is a launch. Like the four very strong limbs, very muscle bound in the chest launch into the sky and her basically entire body is wing. Like the, it's, it's so hard to, if you don't know, they're like, they literally, they're like swing. Like their arms and go into their legs. It's like all the fleshy wing material they're so cool if everyone's never looked them up they're so cool um and yeah she has to like leap into the air you leap into the air uh you all watch as kimmy basically exhibits a behavioral pattern that will confound scientists in millions and millions of years from now as they try to figure out how pterodactyls even managed to fly the way they did kimmy does a quick gallop and just burst of air underneath those great flaps of skin just propels herself straight up and you dash out of Silver Creek. To your right, you see the scattered jungled trees that gather around the lake that's nearby. But beyond that, you bank left and start running as fast as you can and before you are the South Fields. It takes you a good 20 minutes. The urgency cannot be stressed enough. It's not just that the South Fields are not close by. It's that the South Fields are not close by and then... <sighs> Tezen would have known, should have known better. You can't help but wonder as you run, Zach, what is going to be the most dangerous creature that Tezen is going to encounter? Is it going to be a trike bull who's demanding mating rights during the season? Or is it going to be Tezen's mother when he gets back? Hard to say. My money's on mom. Um... <laughs> If you can, please, I would like Kimmy to make a perception check. Any kind of just roll if you have anything that will help you spot. But you are up in the air, so you are going to get an immediate easing on the difficulty, which cool. was originally going to be four. I'm going to drop it to two. Okay. Um, so you need to roll a six or better before you spend anything on it. Sweet. No more. Check your DMs real fast. Um, I think... It's just a straight roll, so we'll see how she does. Okay. Um, uh, Noir will get, or Zach will get uh, an asset on initiative, though, in this, because of Kimmy ability, if that comes up in a sec. Ooh, 11, so good. Good, yes, good. very good. Kimmy, as you gain more and more altitude, you can see out over the beautiful swaying grass of the South Fields. To your pterodactyl eyes, all you see are movements triggering something of a predatorial response in you, a curiosity as your, eyes, as your eyes dart, angling your body since the front part of your head almost functions like a rudder as you're kind of moving, angling, compensating, twisting down your, your wings so you can catch the right lift. You do indeed spot what looks like trikes off in the distance, herds. However, it's not entirely clear where you're headed. You only know that you were currently following Zach. What Zach's destination is, you're not sure. But you, uh, but Kimmy is able to sense Zach's urgency. It's easy to read. Same as like canines of the present day. It's easy to read when, when owner is agitated, sad, when something is wrong. There is a sense in Kimmy right now of uh, an alertness, an action to be aware. As you're running 
Zach, you can see Kimmy has taken a particular interest up ahead. But it doesn't take Kimmy's perception to let you know that you're nearing the area where the trikes are located. First, what hits you is the smell. Because of all of all of the sauropodic dinosaurs that gather around here in the south of Silver Creek, there are two, and the trike is one of them, that you can smell from miles away. One of the beautiful things about the South Fields is that they become quite rich farming land after the trikes have moved on. <laughs> and so your instinct as something of a ranger is already kind of clicking in as you know you're getting closer. The next clue that you're getting close is you hear cracking sounds, like someone is crashing great boulders against the sides of mountains, echoing out across the fields. In our modern day, it might sound like, like some kind of multi-ton flat piece of iron slapping against concrete again and again. You can hear the echoes emanating out across the fields. You, however, being a child of the Cretaceous period, know that that is the sound of 12-ton triceratops slamming their heads into each other as they vie for dominance. Once again, giving you a sense of urgence of what a 13-year-old little boy is going to be doing out in the middle of all that. And when you round the top of the hill, looking over the swaying grass, you see hundreds of trikes, not 15, not 20. You see what looks like a mega herd that has gathered here in the southern fields, moving further and further north. You've only seen them gather in this many numbers once before. It was when you were a kid. It's a rare event. Maybe it's the temperatures. It's hard to say what causes it to happen, but here they are. You're guessing that's close to 100 and 120 trikes out here. And now it starts to become clear to you why it was so easy to hear and smell them when you were so far away. Somewhere in that dust cloud, in that gathering of torn grass, you see what might be areas and openings where this kid might be. If he's in that, this is going to be a dangerous endeavor. You All right. Definitely going to need your animal companion for this one. Your dino friend is definitely going to have to help you. All right. I would love to... I'm going to love to send uh, Kimmy out to scout. Um, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm just going to kind of give her the side to, like, fly overhead to see if there's any sign of bully. You're going to have to roll, see if Kimmy gets the roll, see if Kimmy gets the command, but you basically let out a sharp whistle to get her attention. Yeah. All right, the standard roll, since you are a tier one, mm -hmm. and your bond with Kimmy is still relatively young. So, tier one starting bonded roll is three. So, that means you need to roll a nine or better. Okay. That's before spending any effort or using any abilities that you have that might let you reduce that difficulty down. All right. I rolled a naked eight. <laughs> you sharp whistle straight up. Unfortunately, Kimmy, when you glance back down, all you see is Zach, but you don't understand if Zach is called out to you or not. Instead, you see Zach is stopped and is looking up at you, but you do I not. Kimmy does not get a command. Kimmy is uh, is a vigilant uh, is her is her descriptor, and I think sometimes that means she is focusing on too much at once. So I think that the hundred plus 
uh, Triceratops is running around. Uh, she gets lost in the sauce a little bit, so she's still circling. Okay, Kimmy doesn't seem you. You see the the pterosaur that circles above is taking keen interest in you, but Kimmy doesn't seem to understand what you want from her. Okay. Um, I think I think I'm just trying to get her to follow me instead. You know uh, she will. Yeah. Uh, if I'm gonna start heading in the direction um, that I sus I suspect he'd be at. Okay. You start approaching the perimeter. The scent of the skin of these trikes begins to hit you now. It's that deep, dusty, leathery smell. It's actually somewhat comforting to someone who spends so much time around these dangerous animals as you. But as you move closer, you see a lot of the trikes around you are alerted to your presence. A few of them stiffen up and watch. Go ahead and make me another check here as you edge towards the perimeter of the trikes. Um, and this again is another roll to see if you have anything that's gonna help you here uh, sort of predict the behaviors of the animals or what you're up against. Um, uh, let's have see. Any skills, that's, the difficulty here is gonna be three. So you would need a nine or better before you adjust that. I, could I argue for physical skill? Uh, I'll put physical you can skill. You can if you show me how you're using physicality to what are you doing? Mm -mm. No, I can't. I can't argue for it. <laughs> I was just gonna Make say I'm I'm parkouring my way through the dinos to get to the kid. <laughs> you can uh, certainly try vaulting over some trikes. Many of them are about the size of elephants. Some of them are larger. Yeah, we're doing. Yeah, we're doing. Um, but I, I will tell you that. I, I will tell you that the the difficulty is actually going to go up considering what you're attempting to do. And Oof. the the consequences of failure here could be disastrous. Never mind. <laughs> an angry trike averages at about 13 tons and they usually stand close to about 14 feet at the shoulder at their full height and they're full grown. They can get quite large. Holy smoke. Um... Yeah, I'm gonna use my walk with dinos again. Okay. Um, and that actually. What does that do for you? Uh, I get to choose. So sorry. No, you're fine. New game, new characters, new abilities. Yeah, new games, new characters. <laughs> standard, standard, standard session one. You're still Zach. You're still learning Zach, and Zach is still learning you. So essentially, it's just uh, it's just uh, a focus I have that lets me. Uh, Is it a uh, card ability? Yes, it's a card ability. Okay. It's on page forty-five here. Thank it's your you. Focus, isn't it? Yeah. Page forty-five. So then your that's different oh. than your card. So you'll have it'll have its own abilities inside of it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, page forty-five of the PDF. Uh, correct. Walks with dinosaurs. Oh, I love it. You're not so sure about humans, but you and dinosaurs are like this. Okay. You just get them and they seem to get you. You study a creature so deeply that you can learn minor effect suggestions. So you could, oh, so if you rolled a 19 
you could use that as a minor effect. Um, so you have this at tier one? Correct. Okay. Can a, so two intellect points. If you spend one round reading the body language of nearby dinosaurs, including your companion, you can gain an asset on interacting with them for 10 minutes. That's you good. have to initiate it. That is sounds exactly That's like what, what you need here. right now. <laughs> yes, please. Um, it's gonna it, it, it is gonna take you a moment as you stop and you kind of start watching. You're trying to get an idea of what mood the trikes are in. You can tell the males are all incredibly aggressive right now. They are vying for uh, supremacy as each of them are trying to impress females, which make them very, very ornery and not very pleasant to be around. You can see many of them are dipping their heads and they're doing all the kinds of standard behaviors that are triggering a sense of survival in you. Zach, um, yeah. go ahead, spend two intellect points. Do you have any edge in intellect? I do not. Okay, so spend two points out of your intellect pool. And then I'm going to have you roll, but the difficulty is going to drop down to two because you walk with dinosaurs and you're using the kinesic ability. Okay. Reading the signs. Okay. You're also trained in initiative when you're assessing danger. So if any fight brings out or one of these things decides to charge you, you're going to have a bonus to the initiative to beat them. And a secondary bonus because if Kimmy's around, she's super vigilant. She squawks at him and he gets an oh, asset that's to right. initiative. Mm -hmm. Double. Kimmy, Kimmy will tell you that you're about to get squashed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I rolled an 11. Okay. Zach, you sit there and watch carefully, glancing left and right. Now, normally people might just assume if I creep through here, it'll be fine. But you are sensitive to the way these animals perceive, how they're going to perceive you. You catch little things. Like, for example, there's two females about 60 feet away from where you're approaching that are crowded next to each other. And instantly, your instinct triggers that they're probably being protective of a young one. Which tells you getting any closer to them could be lethal. Angling yourself away from that, you do indeed see that it looks like the males are kind of keeping it to their own side. You see an opening here. However, you're just large enough that a trike might perceive you as a predator if you get too close. Trick here is, is to make them think you're just another dinosaur. A weird-looking dinosaur just moving through here, maybe just to have some grass. You're not after anyone's eggs. You're just moving through here. And you find yourself in that particular moment as you move slowly, deliberately. You let the trikes see everything you are doing. You do not move like a predator, and you slowly push yourself through the grass. Inside, Zach, your mind is screaming that you're on a timetable here but you can't afford to move any faster. One of the trikes, as you move past them, just <clears throat> begins to turn its head and look at you for a moment, seemingly agitated. But instead of turning on you, it moves away, just <clears throat> shuffles through the grass. Um, you move into this herd, and now you've passed the threshold. You are surrounded by these animals. Some of them might accidentally kill you without realizing they even did so. And you're keeping good close eye on tail movements and head swishing because all of these heavy males are just swishing their heads back and forth, trying to show the females all this bright coloration on the end of their head plates. Their two front horns can get up to like over a meter long each. So like one head movement could close like you. <laughs> yes. 
And it's easy to spot the young ones that are eager to impress. They're the ones using a lot of energy. They are the ones that think they can take on the entire universe. And they're also the ones that don't have any war scars on any of them. I hate men. All right, let's just, let's just keep going. <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, he's just going to keep trying to uh, advance. It's, it's uh, he's just going to keep trying to advance because I think uh, the kid has to be close by at this point. You don't? Think, yeah, go ahead. I'll say you you going in, I think, would make Kimmy uh, like, ah, uh, uh, danger. Like, mm. and we'll kind of circle closer. Like, it, mm. she's not landing or anything, but I think seeing you go into like a herd of big uh, danger, everything is kind of danger, I think, to her. But she kind of like gets, she's down and, and circling a little closer and lower to you. Yeah, that might actually give me pause then. Um, do I see any alternate routes, anything I could climb to get uh, a bit of a safer view? No. Welcome to the South Fields. It's literally just a grassland. Um, it's one of the prime spots for mating seasons, primarily because it's easy to spot predators out here. There is no real place to hide. The grass does not grow that tall. Grass trees, which is to the east, is a dangerous spot. But out here, trikes can see for miles. Same as you. Well, typically anyway. Right now, you find yourself in a labyrinth of titans. All of them smashing heads together. And at any moment, one of them could kill you. And you're trying to find literally a needle in a haystack. There is a 13-year-old boy in the midst of these animals. And you're not even sure where to start looking. You could start trying to see if you see any signs. But the ground is heavily trampled where you're moving through. Yeah, the, it, it doesn't hurt to, to give that a try. Mind, it's not my strong suit, but we're going to give it a sleeve. Okay, in which case, I'm going to have you make any kind of perception check here for hunting or investigation or tracking. will come into play here. It's going to be an intellect-based skill. So anything you got, you want to spend out of your intellect pool. But the difficulty is going to be vicious. Oh, because of what you're trying to do and because of the circumstances. Not to not to uh, barter for Noir, but you do have read the signs. Um, totally barter for Noir. <laughs> you're always watching the creatures around you to see what they're paying attention to, True. specifically the wording. So a not dino in this might have caught some of their attention. Um, you gain an asset on interacting with dinosaurs. Oh, that's sorry. That didn't really. You are trained in initiative and assessing danger whenever you can see a living dinosaur in the vicinity. So, I mean, they're de danger for a small child. You are reading, see if the dinos can lead you to him. I I will take that. I'm that asking if 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 will <laughs> take it. <laughs> you are you're officially my lawyer. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's tier one um, walk with dinosaurs. It's the secondary feature of tier one walk with dinosaurs. Okay, so what? So I'm sorry, real quick, specify what that's going to help him do. It'll give an asset. Uh, you're so you're trained in initiative and assessing danger whenever you can see a living dinosaur within the vicinity. So if Noir can, the assessing danger is for the small child. If he can watch what the dinosaurs are paying attention to, it would give an asset to this role. <laughs> you are always watching the creatures around you to see what they're paying attention to is the wording. And that's the only reason I bring it up. <laughs> um, it's, but the, the assumption is there for that they would, that the child is here and that they would be paying attention to it. However, I will let you use the absence of what they are paying it to like 
fill in that. So I will allow it. This I, I I feel like I feel like I'm willing to to succumb to that. <laughs> it's not it's not quite the Bonnie Gordon negotiation, but it, it's it's. I can't, I can't, I can't step up to that level. You're no, me. I'm just, I'm just a rules lawyer. Don't worry about can. it. Yeah. No, 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 no. I would never take those shoes. <laughs> All right. Okay. So difficulty for this roll starts at six. So you're going to need a pretty high roll. Uh, the, I got a 20. A natural 20? Yeah. You got a nat 20? That's going to be a major effect. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that I'm is, still wrapping my head around this. That is a, a, a nat 20 is a major effect. It means not only you just succeed, but you get a major effect that you typically, if this was combat, you could do things like knock somebody off of a cliff, immediately disarm them and knock them over. You can uh, do an extra four points of damage on top of whatever you're doing, which in Cypher System is a big deal. Here though, an investigation check at a nat 20 means that you find exactly what you need to find. You hear squawking sounds, not the sounds of a triceratops, but rather the squawking, cooing, purring sound of a panicked micro-raptor. You instantly recognize it's Tezen's micro-raptor, Zippy. You following the noise is not difficult because this micro-raptor looks like as you come upon Zippy, Zippy looks absolutely terrified. To give you an idea of what Zippy looks like, Zippy looks like a tiny little velociraptor that's covered in feathers and is about a foot and a half tall. Zippy's a little different though, because using some of the biotechnology, uh, Tezen has managed to attach to Zippy a small device that clips onto Zippy's back and folds over down Zippy's snout that allows Zippy using, no joke, using their mind, allows Zippy to fly. It has what looks like small wings on the back that buzz like uh, fire, like uh, dragonfly wings. And as you come across this brightly feathered uh, little micro-raptor that has this attachment on its back, you can see the panic has actually caused Zippy to forget how to use it because the wings are going bzz, bzz, zipping around and Zippy is like leaping up in the air and trying to move away from these huge dinosaurs that are about to stomp on him. Oh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm running over to help Zippy. <laughs> you rush over as you crouch down. Zippy doesn't recognize you. Go ahead and make a handling check here. The difficulty okay. here is also going to be three to start with. Okay. But I'm going to go, you know what, though? Because you rolled a nat 20, I'm going to reduce it by two. So we'll make it a three or better. You okay. just need a three or better. Don't roll less than three. <laughs> uh, I rolled a nine. That's a nine. Okay. So the moment you move, move over to Zippy, Zippy seems to recognize you. And little reptile, reptile mouth opens up. And if you can imagine a Microraptor equivalent of a child with its arms thrown open, screaming as it runs towards you in absolute, <laughs> like, Zippy's mouth opens and you hear this as this little Microraptor comes rushing towards you with these feathered wings kind of outstretched and leaps up onto your knee and starts squawking repeatedly and, like, moving in a circle. Little claws digging into your leg. Zippy never knew how to retract those. I will, I will fight to the death for this thing now. <laughs> no, uh, no um, Zach's just going to pet uh, pet Zippy and make sure 
to kind of ease Zippy into me and Kimmy's face. <laughs> Just so Kimmy doesn't, you know, snap at our friend here. I think Kimmy's uh, still, like, airborne, circling. <laughs> she makes disgruntled noises, but I don't think she's landed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just, um, yeah, just doing everything I can to prepare for that interaction. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it, it is true that Zippy is small enough that it might trigger a response of yummy, yum, yummy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to see if I can try and decipher just from where I saw Zippy coming from uh, where the boys are. I mean, the, the good news is, is that if you, what I will give you this with that 20, if you can make a handling check, mm -hmm. you can conceivably get Zippy to take you to where. Okay. Okay. Hezen was last spotted. Let's see. Uh, if that is a four. Okay. That's enough. Um, you kind of muscle down to Zippy, looking at Zippy, bringing up it to your face. You see the raptor suddenly stops all of its panicked cooing and focuses on you. Almost like it, Zippy looks like well, Zippy is well trained enough. And of course, micro raptors being absurdly intelligent spots that you are currently about to tell it something. So it's, it's cooing stops for a second and dips its head down and watches you intently. And you use language to like indicate Where's Tezen? Take me to Tezen. It follows your hand gestures and kind of looks at you again and again. You see the double lids kind of snap up and close as these big intelligent eyes watch you. And after a second, whatever panic it had, the sudden excitement of, I know where he is, overrides the death that surrounds Zippy. And within a second, Zippy leaps off of your hand and starts racing way faster than is typical of a human through the tall grass in the direction of the tree line about 200 meters from you. Yeah, I want to break out to a sprint following Zippy. Break out into a sprint and immediately incite irritation in the neighboring trikes. One trike, as you start running, suddenly just reacts and goes, turns to uh, the left. What's up? Kim, Kimmy's going to try to catch its attention. He's going to snap a little bit above them to try to hold their attention so that Okay. Uh, 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 Zach can kind of move past. I think she sees where he's going. Doesn't really know what's happening, but sees him start to move and is like, oh, there's a big guy and will like snap above. <laughs> no, I love that circles. because, yes, I, I love that because I, I think Kimmy would immediately sense aggression on behalf of one of these <laughs> yeah. trikes. Mm -hmm. uh, so go ahead and make a roll then. Um, I'm going to set the <laughs> difficulty of this is going to be four. Oh boy. Okay. Zippy was a trap. Zippy <laughs> 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 don't think she has anything that can help besides the fact that she's just kind of big and noisy and above them so okay hey. um so four is 12 or better oh boy come on kimmy let's do it better oh, it's 11 <laughs> like you are you are nothing to this animal no you swoop down lie. and kind of snap at it but trikes know they have nothing to fear from a pterodactyl that's irritated with them and it effectively ignores you and focuses more on what it could be a raptor running between, like chasing its young. The trike just reacts immediately. The big head comes swinging around, and I'm going to need you to make a defense check against this. As you okay. see this trike just move its horns to come racing straight towards you. 
Uh, go ahead and make a roll. The difficulty is the difficulty is four. That is a ten. A two? No, a ten. A ten. Okay. You rolled a ten on the on the dice. Yes. Okay. So four means you needed a twelve. Uh, does does trained in initiative or assessing danger help him here? It's not really so. combat, so it's not initiative. Assessing okay. danger is kind of I'm kind of ruling that a danger has already been assessed. Fair enough. Um, and in this case, what you'll probably want to do, and this is again, since Noir is somewhat new here and is kind of like getting back into the system, um, typically when it comes to rules like this, I'll let you do it this one time since we're easing ourselves back into Cypher. But if you ever come across a target number that intimidates you, you can spend effort or even story points to reduce the difficulty. So you have a better chance of succeeding. And in this case, it would be from your physical pool because this is a okay. physical task. So if you want, I'll let you expend some effort here. But it might not be enough. You rolled a 10. Actually, you rolled a 10. Yeah. So one level of effort would actually give mm -hmm. it to you. You have an edge rating of one. Is that correct? Yes. So then two points out of your pool, it'll drop the difficulty down from four to three, and you'll succeed by one. Okay. Okay. Give, yeah. I'll give you that for this now. But yeah, moving forward. Um, Two things. Wait until you hear about the wait until you hear what the difficulty is before you roll. And then the second thing is always remember you can manipulate the system to reduce the difficulty using gotcha. skills or your pools. Um, in this case, you narrowly dodge a large horn that could have easily crushed your entire skull. Oh my god. The moment it hits you as it swoops right past you. Not only does the horn present a danger, Zach, but the great beak of the triceratops so often ignored but in fact one of its other deadly weapons also barely misses you as this thing lets out an ear shattering as you move right past it you manage to dodge in front and keep up with zippy the only indication that you're keeping up with zippy is the splitting of the grass in front of you you can you only see like a little bit of the feathered tail <laughs> speaking out but you do manage to make it outside the danger zone of this mega herd of trikes as you explode out of the side just barely getting out of the out of the way as two of these trikes kind of ram into each other kimmy you spot him emerging from the perimeter and up ahead about 200 yards you spot both of you see this little micro raptor running towards the tree line right in front of you are the great towering pine-like trees of the red jaw wilds the Red Jaw Wilds lie to the west of Silver Creek. Silver Creek has a couple of rules about the Red Jaw Wilds. One is that never go alone. You are never to venture into the Red Jaw Wilds by yourself. Ever. And two, you are never to venture into the Red Jaw Wilds by yourself. As you're rushing towards the tree line, you realize that is precisely what you were about to do. Oh. How many rules did, did this kid break to get here? All right. Um, you race after this Microraptor. Stepping yeah. into these great trees. They're sparse enough, large enough, that you enter into an ancient primordial forest. Immediately... The dappled sunbeams splash down upon you, and around you is mostly darkness. 
the humidity. Kimmy has to land because her she can't fly through trees. You, yeah, you're gonna lose sight. You can actually. There's enough space between these large trees in here where you twenty five feet. Yes, you could actually fly between oh, well, some of these trees. Oh, she stays up. That's how large this forest is. <laughs> um, however, uh, too high is gonna be a problem. Some of the branches will be a big be a problem. But yes, um, but you enter into the tree line. Cut two. It has been a very difficult two weeks. 400 miles. Traveling 400 miles north of Kaleno City. On the run, constantly looking over your shoulders and running into things the two of you knew you were not prepared for. You thought maybe, just maybe, with Atticus nearby, the very least, the ancient bull triceratops that the, three, that the three of you have now become acquainted with, would be enough to push any would-be curious predators away. It has not been. The predators of Red Jaw Wilds are big enough to hunt Atticus. To hunt all of you. Thankfully, it has been something of a miracle that you have all managed to make it this far north without encountering anything that it was more than you could handle. But everything from running to low supplies, to having to hunt, to encounters with packs, to insects has worn you all down. Dehydration and lack of food has started to affect all of you. Camping has been hell. If you had not encountered Clover, it's very likely Ozzy and Joe, the two of you would be dead. And right now, taking point, she is leading you through this forest. I would like to hear descriptions then, starting with Ozzy. You know, maybe under the torn synthetic fabrics and the humidity frizzed, grease slicked, sweat stained hair, maybe there was just a little bit of a peacock to this person. Uh, they have just wilted, which you don't really know where the size goes. They're, they're pretty small to begin with. And there wasn't that much meat on them two weeks ago. There's definitely not now. Uh, they, but easily, easily, easily the worst is the sound. They're gender. They're just full gender. They are, at this point, yeah, full ginger, where it's not just peeling. Mm. They are the perfect physical embodiment of unhappy in nature and unhappy camping. 
just dragging along probably at the back of the pack like maybe let nature take me <laughs> Aussie boy and what about your companion Aussie Ver- oh. mm-hmm. yeah do I mm-hmm. give us a description and what and what uh, Ozzy's companion is doing and is so clinging to Ozzy's sunburned, <laughs> dried out shoulder and neck is a tiny, maybe no more than, would you say eight inches? Yeah, a tiny little mammal, early mammal. Looks like, you know, if you took an opossum, uh, emaciated it a little bit and shrunk it down to eight inches, it looks like that. So long snout, cute, adorable, roundish ears, grayish with some uh little tinges of blacks and dark browns and and white fur um adorable little feet poor thing is also very hungry but is more mostly just you know seems very clinging to their their human and worried for their human if if you could decipher that type of emotion from an animal and that's Vern. okay next to ozzy and Vern, also trudging through is joe you could give us a description joe uh, Joe is at average height, not built at all, has very clearly been walking when that's, you know, not a thing she does more than to go from office to office um, and is uh, still very much like camp mom, like as far as attire where it's hot, it's so hot. But there are bugs and sun. So she has long sleeves on and like has like a hold like probably her fourth or fifth large leaf of the day that she keeps kind of like trying to like hold over her head and try probably at some point was given enough flack to stop trying to shade Ozzy. <laughs> um but I I think she's actually probably on Atticus because Atticus can hold can uh, uh, uh carry two uh two riders so she is probably hiding under the frill in the front to the best of her ability <laughs> with like the leaf looking miserable <laughs> and has uh uh just yeah bunched up into the tiny amount of of shade that she has and that's uh that's joe just doing her best i, th- I think like just scra- scraggly now frizzy dirty blonde hair and drying her best and what about atticus uh cynthia do you want to describe atticus show me too yeah i got this so atticus is a whopping 30 feet in length and 9.5 feet tall kind of grayish blue um help me pronounce this carado sapien ceratopsian ceratopsian thank you there you go ceratops but it's a very old one probably about 60-ish of age. If he had a voice, he'd be talking like a smoker kind of type dino. Very grumpy old man. So you just see Atticus with head down and just like... (laughs) Just really like annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Also notable too about Atticus is the large cybernetic leg that Atticus has. Yes. Is front the heavy... is... Yeah, front left leg is cybernetic, and then the front left uh, of his front horns has like 
is about two or so inches have been like are snapped off the front but i also should note that it has a bright he has a brightly colored frill but right now because it's like so much sun it's like kind of grayed out a bit (laughs) yeah lots of scars uh dusty and (laughs) um if i remember correctly too joe atticus is huge like a mountain of a trike yeah 13 tons 13 tons so it's like a full-on adult you actually like yeah that is a full-grown bull trike most trikes particularly male trikes usually only get up to about eight to ten so atticus is huge Mm -hmm. Um, and for lifespan wise he's about 60 years old they live to about 80 so but he's like a he's just an old big old man yeah yeah uh it could be that not only of the heavy thudding sounds of this ancient trike that has very little tolerance for bullshit walking through this forest, but also the whirring sounds, the somewhat calming and familiar whirring sounds of that cybernetic leg that is constantly in motion, just woo, woo, as he steps, thudding through the woods. Um, ahead of you, taking point, who has been leading you since you discovered her. If you would please, Clover, describe yourself. Sure. Clover is a um about five six, so like medium, slightly tall for a lady, perhaps, but not tall, tall. Um caramel brown skin toned young woman with like my hair, so longish blonde locks, but the roots are darker, and only her blonde is natural from the sun, <laughs> not from a bottle like mine. Mm. <laughs> and she's about, she seems to be about mid 20s, um, very wiry, strong. So she has some meat on her bones here and there, but obviously it's been two weeks since they've had a proper meal, and you can see the, the definition of her muscles where you usually wouldn't. Um, she has, yeah, just kind of a worn expression on her face, uh, brown eyes, um, African features, um, and she is, yeah, that's Clover. Uh, Oh, she's wearing, uh, just a simple, what looks like a hand-sewn t-shirt, like dark gray hand-sewn t-shirt, and also everything she wears seems like it was made by hand, which I guess a lot of us would have, but your, hers in particular look of a different style than everyone else's. Um, and then she's wearing like these dark beige cargo pants with lots of pockets. Um, she has different strips of fabric kind of hanging out of some of them. So some bandanas, some things that she's used to like keep her neck covered and, you know, she's been swapping out. She has a whole system for it apparently. And that's Clover. Okay. And your animal companion, Clover. Yes, Noir, do you want to take it away? Oh, yes, that is Sweets. So Sweets is a uh, uh, tapajara with a beautiful, colorful, uh, colorful crest uh, jutting out like a shark fin from the head and equally colorful wing flaps. Uh, he's a herbivore, mainly eats fruit, but also roots, shoots, and nuts and seeds. He's a, a pterosaur uh, and a uh, I, yeah, he has a wingspan of four meters. All right. So she is moving along, kind of walking around right now. <laughs> so basically, 
four meter wingspan is not small. So this is a <laughs> this is also a pterosaur that is kind of moving along the ground and is keeping up. Um, just kind of putting her nose into everything. She's a little curious about she everything. She is probably. I'm going, to give this, I'm going to give this note to her right now. Sweets has been miserable <laughs> because the forest is not where Sweets likes to be. Pterosaurs like open sky, like cliff sides. Pterosaurs like grasslands. They do not like walking the forest floor for too long. They do occasionally like to hunt in the forest, but this has not been a fun journey. The Red Jaw Wilds has pretty much surrounded all of you since you left and fled Kaleno City. This has been a very difficult journey for everyone. There hasn't been a lot of talking as all of you are lumbering through these great trees. But the calm, ever alert despite your exhaustion, is shattered, causing you all to stiffen for a second as you hear what sounds like a small dinosaur call off in the distance. Immediately, instinctually, everyone reacting as though they might be hearing the death of an animal, like perhaps predation taking place nearby and causing everyone for alarm. But upon the second hearing of the scream, it dawns on you that it's not an animal at all and a bit of confusion and Joe, you immediately instinctively look directly at Ozzy. And then Ozzy, the two of you, Joe, look over at Clover, who in turn is looking back at the, at the two of you. The three of you looking at each other to see, did you hear that correctly? And a moment later, again, the scream of a young boy echoing throughout the trees. You did hear that correctly. Uh... I think it came from that way. We should go. Yeah, Joe is completely deferring to Clover and has been for the past two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Can I get a good sense of which direction we heard it from? Do you have anything for tracking or survival or anything like that? I do. I have some stuff. It would be an uh, intellect I... pull spend if you wanted to use it. Yeah, I would like to. Um, yeah. Let's see what I have. I have... Uh, so, also, uh, Sweets can help me Sweets gives me an asset on all perception tasks. Oh, when when they're, when she's helping me search, look, or listen. So listen, um, and then yep. yeah, I I think I, I have like a pathfinding, but that probably does. That's not this. That's maybe uh, the next thing. <laughs> yeah, but but Sweets basically because that the way I would translate that is Sweets reacts hearing it, and just like an animal who has more mm -hmm. acute hearing than humans. Sweets immediate, immediately looks in the exact direction it came from. Just perfect. <laughs> yeah. And just and of course it's a yeah. pterosaur. So that beak just angles. It's like a pointer, like right in the direction. So go ahead and roll. I'm gonna set the difficulty at three, reduce down to two because of sweets. Okay, great. And so if you want to spend any effort, two, it's out of your ten. intellect pool. Okay. Two times three is six, so I have six. to get a six, get a six or or higher. Mm -hmm. Do I spend any intellect on these? I should post I've got a cheat sheet I'll post into chat here in a minute. I don't know. Who cares about the young, be the being, well-being of a small child? I mean, eh, I think we're the spending points. You've been playing too much Baldur's Gate three. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> I rolled a ten. A ten. You, you're not sure, and if you glance down at Sweets, and Sweets is immediately pointed in the right direction. Okay. Yes, definitely that way. Uh, let's go. With that, a lot of you begin to immediately shuffle in that direction, moving quickly is actually still surprisingly easy for a 60-year-old trike. Mm -hmm. And uh, to get to get 
Atticus moving quickly, though, is going to require, since you're riding Atticus, it is yeah. going to require a giddy up. Oh, so yeah. you're going to need to make an you're going to make need to make a handling check to find out if Atticus knows or even wants to listen to you right now. Yeah, well, he's it's hot. He's tired. Let's see. The difficulty um, is always three, which means you need a nine or better. Is this an intellect? It's out of the intellect spend. Yeah. Intellect spend. Uh, I have one edge. So I'm going to spend two intellect and drop it by one, and then okay, we'll so see. Six or better. Standard difficulty. Come on, Atticus. Twelve. Twelve. Atticus gets it. I think uh, I think Joe automatically holds out an arm for Ozzy to like. Oh, thank you. <laughs> to, like, <laughs> I mean, I think honestly, probably I feel like a, an hour ago, uh, Joe got on Ozzy's nerves, and so Ozzy decided to walk mm -hmm. instead of being on the triceratops with her. But now I was like, okay, come on, come on, come yeah, on, okay. Okay. let's go. Okay, okay. yep. Atticus, she wants you to she wants you to move forward fast in that direction. <laughs> Oh, you just, Come on. You see Atticus like stop. Like full stop. Buddy. Like kind of like tries to like look behind, but obviously She'll, too she big. peeks over over the frill. Come on. You can do it. I know. I know. We'll we're stopping soon anyways. Come on. Come if you on, just see on. the the back um the back legs start to like start to like kick up. Yeah, like getting like raring raring to go. You're so fast, bud. I believe in you. Let's go. And then like Atticus just like one big Boom! And then, like, starts to, like... It's just the little... <laughs> that kick-up of soil sends a tidal wave of dirt just <laughs> failing up as this trike just kicks. <laughs> scattering everywhere. Bits of plant and, and soil and tree bark just go flying off into the air. And... I, I want I want to put in there it's it's like watching uh like a supermodel like stomp on the like he's just like <laughs> but he's not that fast but he's just like that's the thing yeah. is you can cover ground fast you're just not moving fast yeah yeah <laughs> it's like a waddle it's so good it's the yeah definitely have a sassy swishy butt out they're of this so huge truck moving legs. quickly their back legs are like bigger and thicker than their front legs so it's such it's they're like it's such a waddle it's so good. You should, you should, if you ever get a chance, quick break here. If you ever get a chance, there's a lot of fascinating discussions as paleontologists have been baffled by how ankylosaurs even moved. They, they don't fully understand how ankylosaurs even walked, being as armored as they were and as stumpy as they were. Fashionably. Fashionably. <laughs> their head is two thirds, like, or it's like a full third of their body. Mm -hmm. They're more than that. Their eyelids were armored. Yeah. <laughs> so like it, it's paleontologists are like, what was nature was just like, sure, let's try this. Let's mm -hmm. find out what AC 20 looks like on an animal. <laughs> um, charging through these woods is an experience for everyone because as you are moving through equally charging through the woods and coming from the opposite direction, Zach, you hear a thunderous commotion and a child screaming. You also hear a noise that you have come to dread, knowing what its implications are. And without having to make a survival roll, because you are somebody who is quite used to living out in the wilds with dinosaurs, but you hear multiple echoing, like cooing in responses of <laughs> off in the distance, just like echoing out, which immediately in your head, raptors. You're hearing raptors cooing and chirping at one another. Um, excitedly as you're moving closer and closer as you move towards one of what these looks like this big outcropping 
about the moment you arrive, you come sliding out of the tree line, Zach, and you come to a stop. As you see, indeed, it looks like a pack of Bambi raptors has gathered around. Bambi raptors are about the size of Labradors, but they're still raptors. Velociraptor was about the same size, about the size of large turkeys, essentially. It looks like a pack of them might actually be Velociraptors as they're gathered around the base of one of these big outcropped rocks that have spewed up out of the forest floor. At the very top, you see a scratched up and terrified young boy, Tezen, who looks like he has climbed up on top of this and is crying as these raptors are getting better and better at scaling the sides of the rock, curiously and excitedly as they're trying to find purchase and get up the sides of the rock to reach him. He is, you have to imagine, in your in their mind, the perfect prey, small and easy to take down for a pack. As you're gauging the situation, there's a variable here though that wasn't here before. The sound of something enormous <laughs> emerging from the bushes that immediately draws your eyes. And up ahead, the first thing you see bursting through the clearing and leaping over one of these great large ferns is Dahlia. As Dahlia leaps like an Olympian over one of these furs and drops down into his three-point superhero landing full of like someone who is in complete in control, like someone who lives in the wilderness, someone who's been out here just like you, flanked immediately by a, a pterosaur who also takes note. It's all happening all at once. You don't have to make a big leap. You've seen her kind before. Immediately, your mind thinks butterfly the moment you see her, the way she is dressed, the way she's carried herself, the way she has is equipped. You see that... Uh, oh, wrong name. Sorry, Clover. Clover, Clover yeah, is the name. one that has leapt over. Clover <laughs> is the one that has oh. landed. So I'm describing yeah, you, Clover. Like... <laughs> sorry. Um, first game. So Clover, <laughs> as you're landed down here, you immediately see what looks like to be a butterfly with a pterosaur right behind her. Flanked immediately by the oncoming size, uh, the tank of a trike that is emerging from the woods. It's all happening all at once. Kimberly your brain trying to process the dangers as you're encountering them. Kim, Kimmy is, is, is absolutely making a tear of a sound above it. Just like, danger, 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 danger. Like, danger, walking, danger, danger. Like, circling and like making horrible sounds uh, as they're bursting through. So just chaos. Yes, <laughs> the large bleeding and screaming of your pterosaur. Also registering another pterosaur nearby, and then also the Bambi Raptors. It's pure chaos <laughs> as everyone arrives on the scene at the same time. Probably no one more startled than the Bambi Raptors, in truth, <laughs> who, whose heads dip low as all of the sudden they are surrounded. But you all make <laughs> eye contact roughly at the same time when you see the butterfly glancing up at you, flanked by her pterosaur, right behind her emerges what might be the largest trike you have ever seen in your life and sitting atop it are those two like over the frill <laughs> younger definitely not butterflies from the way they are dressed what do you all do upon sight of all of this i i take this as a distraction so i'm just while everybody's looking to see what's going on i'm run, making a beeline for the bully Okay, the alarmed state of the Bambi Raptors with all of this happening is actually such an excited state that you're running straight for the boy scares the entire pack. <laughs> About seven of them 
immediately scatter as you run towards them fearlessly. As they scatter, I think Kimmy like lands fully, like all four uh, like contact points, like right where you were standing as you like run forward and kind of like makes uh, uh, aggressive sounds at the the newcomers. Yeah, especially because Bambi Raptors actually might be food for Kimmy. <laughs> yeah, she's like torn between like snapping a snack and like also I think there's too much threat, but I think she was thinking about it. In I fact, would also say that Bruno does not or not Bruno. Sorry, um, Atticus does not stop. Like, it's really hard to stop. Oh my, room. yes, that's a good point. You, <laughs> yeah, might actually have to call, you might actually have to call Atticus to stop yeah. because Atticus- Oh wait, oh wait, wait, oh 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 wait, Make a roll. That's <laughs> perfect, that's too good. Let's okay. see if the tank knows to stop because the first person who's gonna be in trouble is actually going to be Clover. <laughs> Atticus, uh, yeah. Atticus doesn't know to stop, Clover no. is going to have to jump out of the way. I was given run. What do you mean stop? Yeah. You told I'm me to go. You told me to go. I'm going to spend another two um, with my Okay, that'll reduce one. The This feels, uh, you know what? Is the second level spend two? Yeah, you can only yeah, spend can, one yeah. level of effort at tier one. Oh, that's right. I only one level of yeah. effort right now. Oh my yeah. God, last Everyone time I played this was level. tier six. It's been a while. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, okay. One level of effort. Yeah, drop it by one. Okay. I need, sorry, what I need. Need a six or better. Six or better. Okay. Yep. Come on, Hannah. 16. 16. Just like pat patting the okay. floor. Like, wait, 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 wait. Have you seen the jungle book when you see all the elephants like start to like stop? Like that's <laughs> what you kind of see Atticus Steven. doing. Like, okay, hold on. <laughs> good job, good job, good job, good job, good job. Clover. <laughs> Atticus tries to be the best boy. He tries so hard. By coming to an immediate stop. Which oh, means Lord. Atticus's legs lock up and this trike slides a few feet. <laughs> um, it causes both Joe and Ozzy to lurch forward together. You hear instinctively, Vern, you have this immediate panic response as the whole world shifts. But everyone manages to stay on. But you come sliding to a stop. And one by one, you all are just facing one another. And Zach is climbing a tree or a rock. Where was the kid? Uh, Zach is, yeah, Zach has rushed over to the rock. Are all the raptors gone or do you, you said they several scattered. of them? Okay, no, they, they, they completely scattered. The moment, the moment two parties burst from the trees and pterosaurs arrived and then the trike arrived, the raptors were like, nope, we're not that hungry. They immediately dashed out of here, about seven of them scattering at incredible speeds. Probably also good for Zippy because Zippy is smaller than the Bambi rapper, raptors. So Clover, uh, no, yes, Clover will see those uh, Velociraptor scatter, see Zach going to rescue the boy, wants to go in that direction, but notices that there's a large pterodactyl squawking at us. Uh, is that right? Mm -hmm. So Clover she's will just... on full defense at the new, new strangers, dangerous strangers. So she's kind of like clicking and chittering and like snapping lightly at the air to okay, threatening easy. kind of. Easy there. Is I, there any tech on on uh, Kimmy? Is there? I don't think we didn't talk about it. But is there? On Kimmy, on Kim, I don't know. Kimmy doesn't have any tech. Okay. Doesn't have any I don't tech. believe that's something you have to. You actually have to. That's something you can get as you advance, but you oh, can't right, get upgrades right. and like add stuff. Got it. Like that. Okay, so just Clover's just like easy girl. Push her hands out towards Kimmy. You know, non-threateningly easy, easy. Uh, she's kind of yeah. like flicking her her towards Zach and then back. Why don't we do this? I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask uh, both Kimmy and I'm gonna ask uh, Sweets 
Yeah. Because the only other two, because Attica seems to be well taken care of, but those two, I'm going to need y'all to make handling checks on those two, because the pterosaur's immediate instinct upon coming across other pterosaurs in a charge like this is not necessarily hostility, but definitely just kind of... What What is going on? So the difficulty is three, uh, is three so you need a nine or better. So it's, an intellect, it's an intellect spend if you want to try to get them to handle it. Clover and Zach rolling. That's right? correct. Uh, Clover not Zach. Clover. Or not Clo well, oh, no, sweet. Sweet. Sweets. So it's whoever's playing Sweets, sweets. which yeah. would be sweet. you. But it's your... It's, it's oh, your oh, you role. mean... Oh, I'm, no, no, I'm sorry. It's it's going to be if you were trying to calm down your companion, then it would be it would be Zach oh. and Clover rolling yep. here. Yeah, got okay. it. I was trying to figure yeah. out what. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. many characters. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought okay. it was. No, you're good. So Zach and Clover are basically trying oh, to make yeah. their animal handling check, as it were. Yeah. I got an eleven. Okay. I got sixteen. Okay, eleven. Everyone manages to calm down their animals, and as this is happening, you watch Tezin stand up, kind of just wide-eyed at the sight of everyone gathered here at once. There's a moment where no one says anything as everyone's kind of looking at each other. The first thing you notice, Zach, is you finally reach uh, Tezin. Tezin throws his arms around you and starts to cry as it like he's letting out this the. But you look down and notice that the butterfly is just looking up at you. She's not doing anything hostile. And the two that are with her riding on the trike they definitely, again, do not look like butterflies from the way they are dressed. They might be from Kaleno. And a few moments later, before anybody can say a word, buzzing down and hovering in front of your face like a little fairy on dragonfly wings is a micro-raptor. It starts cooing and landing on Tezin's shoulder. Joe, what's happening? I'm hallucinating. I That's think a good... Maybe... Yeah. <laughs> That's a good button. We're going to stop for our break. <laughs> All right. I love them already. <laughs> so let's take 10 minutes, go rehydrate, and when we come back, we're going to have a little reunion in Silver Creek. See you in 10. Now, a quick message during the break. To help us continue producing shows like this, consider supporting Althaven on Ko-Fi. Your contributions keep the Haven alive. And if you're not already part of our vibrant community, Join us on Discord. It's the best way to stay updated on upcoming shows and events. Welcome back, everyone, to Legacy of Silver Creek. We're going to go ahead and jump into our second part here as our group has finally come together just in time. Uh, so we will be joined by Lisa here in just a minute. Um, as usually during this time of gameplay is when we are all eating our dinner. So sometimes it requires us to go out, catch, kill, skin, uh, cook, and then eventually debone and eat the dinner. Um, and sometimes we're just not able to do that in 10 minutes, but you know, what are you going to do? <clears throat> so <laughs> Cynthia being the exception, obviously. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, welcome back. Um, what we will do now is we'll pick it up where we left off with all of you inside the Red Jaw Wilds, just beyond the tree line having just met one another but as this has all happened back in silver creek there is a sudden gasp as you sit bolt upright in your bed dahlia and it takes a moment for you to remember the dream you just had how sometimes the dream is vivid but the waking up causes it to just vanish like smoke but this one you hold on to it it's difficult, but something you've been waiting for has happened. 
something you haven't really been able to tell anybody because it would be hard to tell. What would you say? You know that you're here because of something you dreamed about. No one would fully understand how real your reality is. But it's happened. And as you're sitting bolt upright in the bed, you involuntarily are feeling this rising sense of excitement, thrill, like fulfillment. Oh my God, it's like, it's like you can finally point at the thing that you've seen that nobody else can see. It's happened. And you don't know what, but you know where. It's drawing you out. You feel this impulse, this need to go right now. Go. All right. I'm uh, going to put my dream journal aside. Yeah. Describe what we see when Dahlia sits bolt upright and leaps out of the bed. So Dahlia comes, like, she has, like, her hair kind of, like, wrapped in, like, a, um, just in a fabric, just to, like, to keep her, her hairstyle um, intact. But she, like, whips it off, and you see this, like, kind of cotton candy pink hair. You don't know if it's maybe blonde or pink. It's kind of like that, that weird in-between color. Mm-hmm. But she sits bolt upright, and she has these, like, 1950 curls going on in her bangs. And she is, um... If modern, you know, world was, she looks a lot Latina featured. So caramel skin and, you know, dainty features, whatever Mm -hmm. the the like. She has, like, she has brown eyes, but when you look at them sometimes, they kind of, like, flicker into, like, a weird color, depending on what's happening in her head. Um, But right now, they're brown. She sits bolt up. She's just wearing kind of like a, like, a white cotton shirt, long sleeve. And she kind of, like, like, looks around and goes... I gotta go somewhere. Okay, all right. So she like puts her journal aside, but like her thumb is actually on a page where that dream had actually existed at one point in time. Mm-hmm. But she just kind of like shoves it aside, and, like runs out in her pajamas that still look kind of normal. Like they're like the like harem kind of baggy pant look. <laughs> you would, just like, immediately oh. get hit with this wall of humid, warm air from the <gasps> early spring just slamming into you. <laughs> Yeah, so she's one of those type of people who's not afraid of her body. So she like takes her shirt off and like reties it in like a kind of like more fashionable way, but like now she has like no long sleeves on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she starts like bolt like beelining to um to her her companion. Okay. Your companion. We don't talk about him. <laughs> if you would describe where is your companion and what is your companion doing as you come rushing out of the house? I think my companion is probably where Kimmy was located, somewhere around that vicinity, probably in his own beautiful pen area. Um, so, sees you running by and immediately reacts? I hope so. Uh, give us a description of your companion in their name. We so all I can't talk about me. Do you, do you want to talk about yourself? Always, yes. Okay, go ahead. Proceed. Uh, the Anzu, which I am, remember the name, it is the most important dinosaur, for it is I. The name was originally going to be Chicken from Hell, that was the archaeologist's intent, uh, Greek or Latin translation, and then discovered that it really just didn't work. But the spirit is retained here in me the most important dinosaur, um, about five feet tall and 
heavy, like 400 pounds. So an ostrich, this pterosaur, I am not. Literally scientific name is demon bird. <laughs> Remember the name. It says Bruto. Bruto. Bruto is his name. <laughs> and we always talk about me, if for no other reason than that I am the prettiest. And I have found the runner-up with very, very nice pink feathers. So, question for Bruno. Yeah. It says that Anzu usually grew up from nine and a half to 11 feet long. Where is Bruno set in that? Uh, Bruno would love to be the longest 11 feet so this is a this is a 11 foot long demon chicken <laughs> ostrich is maybe the closest pull in terms of physiognomy in terms of just the big crest everything this like yep. arcing crest up the top and beautiful yeah. feathers we haven't yet talked about how beautiful, beautiful blue how beautiful green how there is purple in there but i am beautiful and that is why creatures should look at me and and this is very important why i should never be penned up like this i don't like the pen uh <laughs> i have nothing to say to that other than it's the rules well, flap, 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 flap with wings of a creature who will never fly. Release me. I see the second prettiest feathers in all the town. And that is my cue to begin flapping and stomping. Uh, go Release. ahead. Make a roll for me. Uh, difficulty is two. Uh, this is a physical roll. For this Bruno? Is to, this is to see if Dahlia... Let's to see if Dahlia maybe... or. No, I think Bruno would be able to do this all on his own. But yes, this is for Bruno. So go ahead and make a roll for Bruno. Difficulty is two. It's a physical roll. And it is basically Bruno versus Pen. Because Bruno is properly motivated. And we're going to see if Bruno conquers the Pen. And could have always conquered the oh. Pen. <laughs> uh, it's like I have my sparkliest, most rainbowest, prettiest yes! die. <laughs> Excellent. I remember those dice. That is a 16 on the dice. Okay, so have you seen those lovely Instagram videos where people buy the gates for their puppies and the, pay the puppies uh, just kind of walk through the bars? <laughs> How it's many pens have we gone through? It's a similar it's situation, already. except for, for you, it's just one big leap. Um, you know, honestly, Bruno could have probably always made this jump, but needed the proper motivation. And Dahlia, as you go dashing by, Bruno's thoughts simply go to follow. Can't get away, must follow. And a single leap, you watch as this Enzu just <laughs> sets down on the other side, almost dips forward and like pitches head first into the dried mud, but then regains balance and is next to you. Running, are we both running? Yes, and I'm guessing, I don't know how fast Anzu are, but if they were chicken-like, I'm guessing they could run pretty fast. They got some legs on them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a roadrunner-y sort of movement. Yeah. Those, those legs, strong legs. Yeah. Um, I'm not a terribly dexterous person in this game. However, comma, I'm a dexterous person in real life. So I would like at one point, if Bruno's running alongside her, to like basically like try to get up onto Bruno while we're moving. 
<laughs> you gonna try to ride it, Bruno? Yeah. Um, they don't have an exact estimation, but they are classified as fast runners, which is not surprising because they they do indeed have a very bird-like dynamic, and those were typically the fastest of the dinosaurs. Um, <clears throat> Bruno is probably just big enough to carry you. Four hundred fifty um, to six hundred fifty pounds, give or yeah, take. just big enough to carry you. So getting up on the back of Bruno is not that big of a deal. If you want Bruno to carry you out of town, though, into the direction you want, it's going to be a check. So, Let's do it. This is. Oh, yeah. You want uh, this... Bruno to do something? They're decorative. They're yeah. decorative. So you're going to make. So the difficulty starts at three, which is going to be a nine that you need on a d20. Also considered a demanding roll by the. You can spend intellect points, try to bring that down, or if you have any. Uh, animal handling skills or anything to help like that to get Bruno to understand what it is you want from him. I do have an interesting skill. I have Ledgermans. No, not Ledgermans. Enthrall? I think you get that Enthrall. Yeah, oh, that's like to pause. That's to like hold. Okay, to like... pause. Okay. Yeah. So I have nothing. So this is going to be a naked roll. Naked roll. Um, real quick though, do you want to spend any intellect? You don't have to, but if you want, you can spin out of your intellect pool. Nah. Okay. Naked. naked 20. Naked D20. That's an 18 on the die. Excellent. Uh, you were able to effectively communicate to Bruno exactly what you need in slash want. And it you will regards... make a nice ornament. Bruno, it's an exciting moment for Bruno because Dahlia points out of the gate of Silver Creek. Uh, and takes a moment, but you see the recognition in Bruno's eyes that he knows exactly what you want as you kind of usher motion, make the motions forward, forward, and like make the motions ahead. Yes, go. Get to forward. All right. Dashing out of the gate, this awkward, large hell chicken with beautiful feathers and you on the back, you, as you dash through the gate, just in time to hear Piper Skystone, head of the militia, screaming after you, hey, as you bolt out, unable to stop you. Um, I just turn around and be like, got business. Uh, you're, it's literally like riding on a big demon chicken chocobo as you dash around. The almost kind of like slip in the mud is this awkward fast runner kind of bolts towards the tree lines as you continue to direct Bruno exactly where you need him to go. Uh, um, do we get halted at all by seeing any time anomalies situation? No time anomalies here, at least not outside the gates of Silver Creek. Not yet. Great. But That's you're racing sparkly for Bruno and me. So, okay. So you're racing towards the tree line. Um, cut back to inside the forest as this meeting has taken place. Um, <clears throat> right now you're cradling Tezen, Zach, and Tezen looks absolutely traumatized, scraped up. It looks like Tezen's been bitten. There are some deep cuts on his arm. Looks like his clothes have been slashed. These Bambi Raptors probably got to him before he got up that rock. You got here just in time. But he's calming down, especially now that he has spotted Zippy. You, on the other hand, are finding yourself focused on the situation you are in. Right now, there's a butterfly not too far away. Traditionally, butterflies are not friendly people, particularly when they know that they're near places of technology. Everyone in Silver Creek knows but there is, they have a, something of a dubious relationship with butterflies. Butterflies are not necessarily the enemy. Indeed, last you understood, 
Silver Creek had something of a truce with the Queen of the Butterflies. But butterflies have not been seen here in years. So it's coming across one now. Not entirely sure what this heralds. And then there's the other two. Whoever the hell they are. I would say as Atticus stands up, you would probably see, especially because he's very attuned to the creatures specifically, that a butterfly just walked in with a tech teched out. Oh, that's true. Dino. You would notice a butterfly notice standing that. in front of a cybernetic triceratops. Yeah. Yes. I was like, you would you would probably spot that. Uh, uh you also would I don't know how far you are, but you might spot that um this butterfly you see has She's wearing like something around her neck that looks kind of technological as well. Looks like it might be some type of goggles. It's it's stunning to you, Zach, to see this. You know the butterflies are a cult. They're essentially an extremist group of humans that despises technology and believes that humanity, all traces of humanity in the past need to be wiped out so that the timeline is not affected and that humankind can exist in the future. Fear the alterations to this timeline butterflies believe that dinosaurs who have been implanted with any kind of technology or abomination and need to be killed and the technology destroyed typically act like terrorists here in the cretaceous period and have for the past three decades four decades what you're seeing right now contradicts all of that she also hasn't pulled a weapon on you <laughs> yeah i think He's just gonna make sure he's got the kid secure and call out, uh, I aim to take the boy home. Is there anyone that's going to try and stop me? Are you headed to a place called Silver Creek? Please let it be Silver Creek. Please. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Yes. Who who are you? Can Why? we come with you? <laughs> and or do you have water? Please, I'm dying of kidney failure. My friend is so sunburned. Yes and yes. Um, I'm <laughs> just gonna take out my water skin. <laughs> okay. Can't walk on over to you. I told you I could get us to Silver Creek, sort of, kind of. It took a while, but we got there, and I'll help Ozzy down off of Atticus. Okay. <laughs> oh, they just sink to their knees with this water skin. Thank you. Thank you, kind person. I'm Ozzy. This is Vern. Hi. Vern and they are going to go to town on this water skin. <laughs> <laughs> Vern is going to try to just like gobble up any dribbles of water that fall out. Vern just latches onto the bottom and starts <laughs> licking at the at the lip of it, like sticking Vern's tongue in there, trying to get it while you're drinking. Kind of like like a, like a really excitable puppy. Just mm -hmm. <laughs> I can always make another. All right. Thank, um, you. thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. I, I was just. I was just getting ready to head back. The boy a bit banged up. None of you would happen to be able to take a look after him. I um, um I could maybe see if he needs any healing aid or patching up at least. I'm better with the uh robotic part of the 
Me too. Creature. But, you know. Yeah. I've learned some things where I came from. If you need some cybernetics upkept, I can. <laughs> but I don't think that's. Um... We can start moving too. Also, uh, here, uh, and she'll kind of slide down and be like, uh, uh, "Atticus is lovely. Um, he's tall." But we'll kind of let uh, Clover and uh, the kid get up on Atticus so we can st start moving, and also <laughs> so that this very traumatized child doesn't have to walk all the way back. Atticus is currently eating. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Atticus isn't paying attention to anything that's happening. No. Right? <laughs> he's chilling. So does not like like old Labradors. They just don't care anymore. They're just happy. You know, he's just happy to be. Sometimes. Atticus is kind of the opposite. Atticus is like, oh, I don't care anymore. I'm just miserable. I'm angry. Begrudgingly, begrudgingly yeah. involved in any of Joe's antics. You're all too loud. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do anything about it, but I will huff a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tezen does also spot clover and looks a little apprehensive clover you can tell the way the little boy looks at you and by the way zach responded to you they seem to know what you are or at least what you were as he looks a little nervous and glances at zach for some guidance as he's guided over to the trike and when you don't immediately react he starts letting himself be pulled up onto the back of the trike don't worry, he's big, but he's harmless, and she'll kind of like help boost him up. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Same Clover, I guess. Clover pretends not to notice that okay. they're looking, but Clover also has basically an inability in social norms, so mm -hmm. she might be awkward. Oh. She, she is awkward, um, but she's gonna pretend like, nope, don't know what you're referring to. No, <laughs> can't help you. I'm, uh, I'm just a normal person out here. Mm -hmm. Uh, in just just above the table, how do I know ahead of time how they'll re react to seeing uh, potentially a butterfly being brought in? Um, you know that oh. they probably, people of Silver Creek probably won't have a negative reaction. They'll probably be just surprised. You know that, you know that Melina, who is the village elder of Silver Creek, um, you know that she has kind of a checkered history with butterflies. She's former Sati. So you know, but you also know that you also know there were some events that took place a little over half a decade ago involving the butterflies where sort of an arrangement was reached and the butterflies kind of became chill around Silver Creek. They stopped, they didn't really bug Silver Creek anymore. You're not sure what those events are. Melina has made sure that no one talks about them, brings them up, but you do know that Silver Creek, you know, if this was any other settlement, then, then you would understand the reaction, but you think it should be okay. All right, then with that, I'm, I'll gladly lead them back. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you, kind being. Y'all have made it. Like, he's leading you to Silver Creek. It's been two weeks. 400 miles of Cretaceous wilderness with some of the most vicious, deadly, large predators the planet has ever known in its history. And you have made it. There is this sense of joy that has reinvigorated each of you. And it kind of starts, to, it's that adrenaline rush of, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Kind of manages to push a little bit of the exhaustion down, knowing that once you leave this tree line, you might actually see Silver Creek. The place might is real. 
And it's not like a long hike, is it? Like I know that's it's been a, we've done a lot of it, but like just to mentally prepare myself, how many just give or take more miles and or are um, we there yet? Yeah, um, that. And as that is uttered, you emerge from the tree line of the Red Jaw Wilds to the expanse in front of you of a great grassland that slopes down. You see for the very first time the south, what is known as the South Fields, this big expanse of just rolling plains of grass and immediately spot the mega herd of trikes that have all gathered here and the cloud that kind of surrounds them. Um, while you all kind of see this incredible sight, off in the distance, you also see the glittering path of a great river that stretches and bends and winds down around a great big patch of trees. And amongst those trees, you can see clear signs of what looks like a village, a large village near the base of the tree. It's scenic and beautiful, to say the least. Look, look, look. Sleeve tug, Joe. Oh, shit, we did it. You did it. Clover did it. Vern, you did it. Good job. Honestly, if anything, Atticus did it, I have to say. Uh, he did take us most of... Damn, Atticus, you walked like 400 miles. Atticus, however, is somewhere else right now. Because Atticus becomes acutely aware of Triceratops mating season. The <laughs> oh, moment Atticus emerges from the trees. Let me tell you something, a 60-year-old trike <laughs> is not slowing down. And the moment, Atticus, the moment you emerge from the trees, you become very aware. We'll just say very aware. You can see the great herds of trikes all in front and the sense that hits you immediately alert you to what is happening down there. Um, I'm going to have you make an animal handling check again, if you would, please. Um, this is for Oz. Uh, no, this is for Joe. Yeah. Because Atticus is going to have Atticus is going to have a couple of feelings about this. And yeah, going to, honestly, going to need some direction. Good for him. I'm not no. even going to add anything to this yeah. because if this goes wrong, yeah, more power to him. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's not a nine or better. Oh, yeah, and don't forget, you do have story points. You guys haven't used any yet, and they do refresh every game. No. Oh. Since we're not you mind so much how dire. Story points. <laughs> so if you use a story point, it essentially lets you act as though you were you were trained in the skill and what you're doing. So it lets you ease by one step immediately. Okay. And right now, let me just double check. Since we're not playing Beacon, you guys are not being punished. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You have eleven story points. Thank you so much for our super punk tiers for giving us those story points. Uh, credit is given to everyone who is part of that tier as a big thank you. You guys basically help boost the story. So that's how story points work. At any point, you, you can spend one and ease, a, and ease a task by one step. I got 11, so. 11, okay. Come on, buddy. Uh, maybe, Come it on. Is, maybe it is a combination of age. Maybe Atticus doesn't want to really smash the crap out of a young bull that doesn't know its place. Um, but... <laughs> Because Atticus would easily be the largest bull trike going down there to have some fun. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. The younger males would probably have to get the F out of the way or get broken in half trying to fight this guy. But it's been take a nap first, is, dude. It's okay. <laughs> the, the truth is, 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 is as exciting as that might be, the truth is Atticus's interests are more aligned with like, oh, Joe needs me to do that. Okay. You I find guess. Joe. <laughs> You feel Joe kind of pulling a little bit at that great crest, 
kind of pushing and it responds. You kind of, Joe doesn't want you to go down there. Take a nap first, bud. Come on. It's true. Oh, you would have, you would have to the fight. nap. The nap happens. You just see the legs just like go down. Okay, <laughs> not now. No, okay, not now. Not now. Not now. And she kind of like it's like as if she would have any physical impact on this, like pushing as on the. Joe remembers like, suddenly on. that Atticus knows the word nap. You're like, no, 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 and no, starts, no, starts no, slapping. No, no. And she kind of like passes. She's like gets his eyes open and like points to like the first. Like he's used to civilization. He is not like a wilderness creature for the most part at least in the past like decade yeah. of his life and so like she's yeah. like trying to get him to look look look, look nap there nap essentially there. a trained look, horse look. that's around a bunch of other horses that are having a good time knows <laughs> okay that sounds great but no i'm busy you <laughs> kind of managed to snap atticus out of it a little bit can i add that atticus sees the water it's like oh yeah oh. that big glistening golden path of sun that is gracing across the surface is of, that near of the us? no it's down next to silver creek so it's probably about uh, quarter of a mile away. Will we pass it on our way to Silver Creek, or is it? You like... will arrive at it when you get to Silver oh. Creek. Silver Let's Creek go is to on the lake. Yeah. Let's go. You can walk through it. Let's go. It's so close, buddy. You're so close. <laughs> Do you hear like going go here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like... The one thing that Atticus wants more than sex is food, and you have basically just been like, ah, the key word. So much more mm -hmm. interested in that right now. So Atticus, yeah, being a food and a nap, like that's the best day ever. Oh, so much better. Yes, please. <laughs> One of the greatest pleasures life ever had to offer. Atticus is like, you start to move forward. Um, it is a sight for you as well, Clover. You've heard of Silver Creek. You've never been here, but you remember being told about it. You remember specifically hearing things from Aldane. And the things that she used to tell you about Silver Creek. She had a sister that lived here. I wonder if she might still be here. She doesn't know if she is. And if um, she knows what happened. As you will all begin to move down these hillsides, you all catch a sight of something running towards you. It looks very different from the Triceratops that you all see. It looks like pure chaos, but um, as it approaches, you do in fact see, and thankfully, Zach, you know exactly who Dahlia is. Uh, you see Dahlia on the back of her infamous companion, Bruno, dashing towards you at full speed. I think, I think, um, Joe goes, is that Bruno? Like, <laughs> and that... I that, just to give you uh, further feed the scene, it occurs to you in that moment, Zach, she knows Bruno. Like smacking Ozzy's shoulder. <laughs> Don't, you can't just assume all Bruno's look alike. <laughs> no, I, but that's, okay, but like, but like, Bruno, like there's only one Bruno and I think that that's Bruno. Steve, your dino prejudice. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to call out and basically explain everything that's been going on. Hey! <laughs> yeah, just try to get it. Yeah, to get their attention. 
Um, she's coming straight at y'all. Like she knew exactly where to find you. <laughs> and that's probably exactly what it it looks like right here <laughs> in the back of this di giant dino All chicken. All I see hell. is Ace Ventura. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yes, it is not, look, I mean, large enough to ride, but not exactly riding animals. As you are <laughs> racing across the grassland, you see, first of all, you see a collection of people that you know. It, it, it's astonishing to notice it, Dahlia, but that's Ozzy and Joe. And that is definitely Atticus. Unmistakable. That is Atticus. As I start halting Bruno, like... <laughs> Um, she comes to a stop. You all, again, have a moment of reunion. She pulls to a stop about 30 feet in front of you guys. It's it's Dahlia, and that is Bruno. <laughs> she made it too. Bruno poses like a flamingo with one leg in the air. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How does Atticus react upon seeing Bruno again? Oh, Atticus is just like... <laughs> gout of hot air comes out of this trike's nose as it snorts in indignation <laughs> yeah Bruno's just like oh yeah sweets <laughs> sweets is just kind of going around prodding everybody as they're getting together yeah kind of like nudging everybody into like a circle oh, of talk next also oh it's Oh, don't. Okay. Sweets and Kimmy have the sky again, too. Oh. Y'all are out of the woods. Yeah. I think because, I think Kimmy's on the ground. I think Kimmy is trying to, like, is kind of not over the top of uh, Zach or anything, but, mm -hmm. like, square up, like, like, looking at everybody and, like, mm -hmm. walking kind of directly behind every once in a while. If she's not fully looking at you, you'll get, like, a poke uh, with the beak in, like, your back uh, before she kind of, like, catches herself and keeps... <laughs> yeah, she's fully quadrupedal, like, following behind you. Keep trying to keep an eye on all these new strangers. Sweet is on the other side of that kiss in everybody's business. <laughs> <laughs> Vern, it, Vern checks in on Ozzy. Does Ozzy seem more well now, having had some water? Uh... The they've, you know, you give a wilty plant a little flower, a little water. They are a little less wilty. I think what Vern would probably feel from atop Ozzy's shoulder is the muscles are differently relaxed. Not the way they're relaxed when you're exhausted, but you're like kind of shaking that little trembling tension. Just actually maybe a little more relaxed under under Vern's little footsies. Okay. Well, Vern is going to squeakingly kind of just like nuzzle Ozzy's cheek. Kind of, and you recognize this as like, you okay? Can I go over and say hi? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, you can go say and, and scoop and will clock the pterosaurs and we'll look over Bruno who takes that immediately as an opportunity to be admired and comes on over and just <laughs> <laughs> and we'll set Vern down to the opposite side <laughs> from Bruno uh, so that you know just in case Vern gets any attention Bruno might not find out about it because we must be about Bruno at all times. I hope that I hope this is clear now. 
Vern scampers over to the group of companions and just is like now on hind legs, very tiny. I don't know if anyone would notice them, but just squeaking, looking up like, oh, hi, friends. Oh, hi. Kit <laughs> for sure does. And there's uh, there's snack eyes. Vern's um, so... Definitely that's a little snack. Vern's so friendly and oh. oblivious. Uh, Vern can protect themselves a little bit, but most by, mostly by dashing out of the way or distracting people. So Vern Attica is not in that mode right this. now. So as a quick reminder, Vern is a little mammal ferret creature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Atticus noticed yeah. what Cammy is is looking at and like basically like moves one arm, like paw, arm, whatever, what? leg. What? Yeah. And like kind of like blocks the vision of Kimmy to that um, instinctive burn. triceratops like, instinct of like <laughs> to move closer to the young or the small and protect mm -hmm. just shuffles you get like a like a huff from from Kimmy who is, keeps just notice was like hmm that's snack size and then the other big creature was like uh, uh. she's like mm, okay all right okay. Gonna you see Atticus's head just like in like Zootopia the sloth where it's just like moving real slow <laughs> and like just like looking at Kimmy like no so we're all like walking <laughs> Vern's gonna this scamper is... up and and like kind of uh you know like hang on to just that that bottom right foot of Atticus just like <laughs> I'm it's, on for the right now. Okay I'm saying now it's hollow on the inside there's like a hollowed out area that actually fits Vern. I'm deciding <gasps> that right now. Oh my god is there's this a, the mechanical a, arm the the right the, yeah Vern there's arm? a Vern there's a Vern car seat in oh the my god. in the uh, cybernetic like Vern finds it Vern is like oh wait oh oh I'm, okay it's a bumpy it's a bumpy road but Oh yeah, like for um, when they're standing around, that's more what it's for. But Vern can use it whatever they want. In truth, these sort of dynamics that are starting to play out in front of everyone are a language that uh, these animals share. And anybody who has a an instinct for how creatures communicate with one another or become cognizant of each other's ways of communicating, the way cats identify how dogs communicate, they eventually figure each other out eventually. Dogs will be able to tell when a cat is pissed off and vice versa. Like they learn how to read each other's language a little bit. And one of the things that you note as somebody who walks with dinosaurs, Zach, is everyone here seems to know each other, including the companions. They're all reacting to each other. They're like they've known each other for years. All these newcomers. Now, it is worth noting, Zach, just as a little bit of a note for you. Dahlia is somewhat new to Silver Creek as well. She only arrived six months ago from the south. So it's starting to click with you. You know that she came from Kaleno City. It's starting to click with you that perhaps that's where these are all from. The one that just doesn't make sense is the butterfly. That one still sticks out to you. I think as we're they're walking and approaching the city, there's a, a, like just the background din of Joe like trying to get caught up with Dahlia. Like, here are all the facts. Here's everything that happened. Here's what we went through. It's been this many days. We went this many miles. How long have you been here? Like that kind of like rapid fire yeah. as you watch them. Like, what is happening? One thing you guys would notice about Dahlia is she now has a scar over her right eye. And it's very obvious that it like probably would have been Bruno. Oh, jeez. Well, you did make the same track that we did, and you did it solo. So I don't think I don't well, I don't think Joe would come to any conclusions. I, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to to add this to the narrative a little bit to give you guys uh, some some like uh, just to give you some context 
to because journeying out into the wilds by yourself is a death sentence in the Cretaceous period. <laughs> like you might even if like you would have to be the most the most skilled of all trackers and rangers to get out there and actually survive for more than a day. In this case, though, uh, banking off the fact that there is actually no joke, and this is true in the narrative, there is, in fact, a fairy system, a small little independent company that actually exists in predation that has actually made something of a living for itself, transporting people by river and by sea. Because right now there's a great inland sea in what will be one day North America, which you guys are technically in. And the this entire river system, the fairy system that's cropped up around it has been vital because there are a lot of predators in the water. I believe plesiosaurs actually make their presence quite well known in the waters. They look very funny and cute until they eat you. Uh, they are known for acting kind of adorable when they approach people with their long necks, despite the fact that they have jaws like crocodiles. They're very curious. They're very cunning. And then they'll grab you and pull you under and you're never seen again. Um, most people know to stay away from that. The ferry system is a great way of like traveling quickly. I'm going to say that one of the ways in which you were able to arrive here, mostly because the nature of your departure, Dahlia, was somewhat different than theirs. Yours was a little more prepared, a little more planned, a little less urgent. Why they're here, you did say, come find me if you guys ever leave Kaleno City, but they look like hell, and it does not look like to be traveled by ferry. It might be that they deliberately avoided the fairy. Um, uh, did you not take my advice? Which one? The don't go through the big forest, take the fairy part. And Joe just looks at Ozzy. <laughs> Ozzy shifts a little and puts their hand around their bag subconsciously. Uh, we did... We had to travel otherwise. You're looking good. Your hair looks great. Your Bruno looks... Bruno? I look better, right? Right? It's so good to see both of you. <laughs> Bruno uh, takes GM. that as a win. Yeah. <laughs> GM, how much in my dream did I see of... You're not sure. You're trying to remember okay. what you saw specifically. But right now, you're going off of emotions and impulse. You know that you were supposed to be out here. And what's really ringing true for you right now, Dahlia, is whatever it was, this is it. Which, if you can, take a moment to pause and imagine... You came all the way out to Silver Creek because you knew something, you were supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. You weren't sure you were ever going to see these two ever again. And now their arrival is the thing supposedly you were supposed to be here for. That's a feeling of certainty. It's a first step in a chain of events that you know you're supposed to be here for. So it's a good thing you guys arrived. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, I'd say it's good that we made it too. I don't actually know how much longer we would have lasted out there. Um, oh, I had no doubts you'd make it. Don't worry about that. But I get a sense, and she like takes a like deep breath. You guys smell of I the forest. 
Oh, like, that too. Y- yeah. Um... <laughs> Thankfully, once again, Ozzy is spared having to have to deal with that sensory perception. We're right next to the trike field, yeah. and I feel nothing. Mm-hmm. Ozzy's oh, like, yeah. I'm fine. I don't smell a damn thing. Good. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Also, I sense she takes another deep breath again. It's really gotta be bad. I don't I don't know if you should do that right now. No, I'm not sure it's you. I think there's some mating going on. Yes. So much. What? <laughs> oh, I don't think I got your name, by the way. Oh, Zach. Joe Beller. Nice to meet you. Ozzy yes. introduced themselves. You know da- you know Dahlia? Dahlia, this is Clover. Clover kind of saved our asses. I'm um, aware of Dahlia, yes. Do you know Clover? Do you know Dahlia? Everybody kind of seems to know each other right now. Clover is still on... Clover is with Tenzin. Mm-hmm. On Atticus. Um, yeah, on Atticus. And we can skip to that, but I did want to uh, just mm-hmm. visit what happens yeah. with Tenzin on, on yes, the yes. back yeah. of Atticus. Um, before Clover comes down to say hi to the other humans. We started um, making background noise and it turned into a whole scene. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. But while that was happening, while uh, the companions were gathering and everything, we were moving towards the city. Um, Clover is probably sitting behind Tenzin and just like checking him over and saying, does anything hurt? Were you, were you and just like kind of t- assessing like, oh, so I see a skirt there, uh, you know, cuts there and stuff. He he's glances over and says, um, my side hurts a little bit. Your side? Which side? This side? Uh, life, left side, just back. Can I, can I lift this up? He nods. She lifts up his shirt. What does she see? It's bad. Really bad. As you pull it up, it's jagged and deep and probably about six and a half inches long. It looks like it's... It, it looks like he's been bleeding and maybe doesn't even know it. You're guessing, but the fact that he is aware that it hurts, but he is not screaming in agony right now, immediately sets off your instinct that it's not good. It okay. might be infected already. But he needs medical attention right now. Okay. He doesn't know it's there too, so he's not panicked. Okay. Um, if I got some water from someone... I think Atticus shared some water with folks. If I could, uh, uh, Clover would take some of the fabric. This is exactly what all the fabrics are for. It's like tying down things, stopping bleeding, things like that. So she takes out some fabric. She's going to soak some in water and just start to kind of patch up the smaller ones first and then kind of uh, start to go in on the big one and just gently try to do what she can to at least pack the wound. The... It's the psychology of it at this point. The more attention you pay to it, the more attention exactly. he pays to it, and the more exactly. attention he pays to it, he starts to start shift. I think Am I maybe okay? he'll wrap around some fabric around his torso so that it's not like just that side. It's like, oh, here you go. Let's just give you... It's Make a roll. Fine. You're fine. Make a roll. Difficulty is two. Okay. Six or better. Six. I am going to spend... Is this... Uh, intellect. Intellect? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to spend... Uh, so do I have to spend three for one level of so, effort? Typically, three points out of your pool is one level of effort, unless you right. have an edge. Do you have any edge in intellect? I don't, no, I don't think so. I was looking over, and yeah, I don't have any edge in anything. Even yeah, your, yeah. your edge is, your one edge is in tech, or is in intellect because you're tech. 
Oh, that's right. Oh. You get one automatically. So, so I then do. You, okay, great. So edge takes. Yes, you have one. So every point of edge that you have subtracts the cost you would have to pay for effort. It's all coming back to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All coming back. Okay. I mean, I think the um, last time you played Cypher with us, Elisa, was, was in Callisto. fact Callisto. Yeah. 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 So it would have been three and a half years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. So um, then, yeah. Okay, so so I'll spend two points out of your intellect two. pool. Yeah. Yep. I spend two and I'm getting a four or better, you said? That's what I want. Uh, or now a two or better. No, now it's, no, it was a two. So now you need, now the difficulty is one. So you need a three or better. Three or better. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got a five. It's a good thing you spent. <laughs> I mean, you were okay because it was a difficulty too. Oh, you would have missed it by one. Yeah. Because the difficulty, yeah. you would have needed a six or better. Jeez. You very carefully focus on your what you're doing and you manage to stop this from getting worse than it is for right now. He's going to be okay when you guys get to Silver Creek and he'll probably be okay after he receives medical attention, but he's going to be down for a while. He's going to need some, he's going to need some medical attention. Hey, buddy, when was the last? What's your name? What's your name? My name? Oh, uh, Tezin. Mm -hmm. Tezin. Um, when was the last time you took a nap? You tired? <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess last night when I went to sleep. So, um, yeah. Okay. You've had a long day. And I'm going to lay him on his side gently between the, like, you know, he kind of makes a noise as he not leaves. that side. <laughs> I know, even the movement though just causes the, yep, him to yep. groan a little bit. Just clarifying, lay him gently on frill. the other side, and I'll he'll, be like, he'll fit under the frill. Do you like to read okay. books? He cocks his head, and you get the impression he doesn't know what you're talking about as you say that. <laughs> um, she pulls out a tattered and worn copy of a book. He's probably not. I don't know if he can read what the title is. Is it The Sound of Thunder? It is. It's um, yeah, very tattered paperback. Somehow it hasn't fallen apart. It's but... just a copy of a copy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's one of these like hand scrawled, like handwritten with care made. Uh, like, can yeah. we also say it has someone did draw pictures in it at least? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> considering the reverence in which the butterflies hold that book, um, the original obviously would never see the light of day outside right, of right. the stronghold, but uh, mm -hmm. the, uh, copies of it, but absolutely. We could say that like maybe a, maybe a parent or somebody get, gave you this, but like you basically pull out your, your copy of Ray Bradbury's A Sound of Thunder and you slowly hold it to this mangled handwritten version of the book as you hand it over to him. He looks completely baffled when you hand it to him. But when, mm -hmm. he op when he opens it up, he sees the handwriting and is able to read it and goes, Oh, this is like a digital story, but it, wow. Yeah. He starts looking at it. He's kind of enraptured by it. He says, who drew the pictures? These are great. My mom. <laughs> These are really cool. And he kind of, wow. And then his brow furrows and you see, he's seeing images he's never seen before. Of course, because these pictures denote things from an earth that does not exist. Images that reflect the writing scenes that simply do not appear in the Cretaceous period and won't for another 66 million years. The little boy staring at it completely dumbfounded and enchanted. Yeah, just um, curl up here and look at the pictures and, he is and I'll be back. He is okay? completely distracted as he starts looking. He start, kind of skips over the reading and is flipping through it. Um, okay. Climb down. From okay. back. 
and I will join the group just as Joe says, Clover, have you? Yeah, do you know each other? Everybody kind of knows each other. If, this, uh, if not, that's Clover. Clover kind of saved our asses. Hi. I don't know anyone. Well, now I know Ozzy and Joe, but hi. I'm Clover. I I, I, I whisper over uh, to both of them that I know. You guys traveled with a butterfly? Uh, yes, she did. Again, saved our asses completely. Yeah. Sweets is just going to like buddy up next to Clover. <laughs> <laughs> Clover strokes her wing. Is it her? Uh, what? I don't know what. I, I believe we did not say. Yeah, whatever. Whatever you want. Vibes. <laughs> yeah, whatever vibes with you. Um, <laughs> strokes strokes the wing gently and like pats it and looks at the people like, do they know? Do they know? <laughs> no, they don't know, right? We're cool. Yeah. Sweet is just giving a smug call at people. <laughs> okay. Whenever so they make a it. sound, Timmy makes a sound. It's like <laughs> watching you. Dahlia moves back towards Bruno because they're the two pretty ones standing there. <laughs> Sweet doesn't uh, oh. usually he doesn't usually run a lot this many new people at once. Sorry, go ahead. Ozzy is staying just stocks at like if you know someone who's like afraid of dogs or horses or something and there's just like not not as much as some of us but just they you stay very still while someone's investigating dahlia would you please ask bruno to get out of my bag bruno. and there is just the 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 great <laughs> out <laughs> <laughs> Bruno, no, no, up, <laughs> up, up, come on, there we go, who's the prettiest one? It we would appear that Bruno knows the word pretty. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, they back up and they allow, uh, he allows himself to be stroked as reward for being such a good Bruno. A <laughs> well thoroughly crafted thick wooden wall surrounds Silver Creek upon approach. Very well built, very thick. It does have what looks like a rampart. You see people moving across the top of it, watching all of y'all as you approach. The gates in the front do not look like they're made out of wood. In fact, it looks like they have a metal doorway, a system here that not even, well, not surprisingly, Kaleno does have technological uh, barriers that are still in full function. Here in Silver Creek, it looks like they've got a little bit of a mix between the two. But as you all approach, the doors do close a little bit as you are all approaching. When you see a woman in her maybe mid-20s who's holding this great glaive, Next to her, it looks like a giant blade attached to this big, thick rod of wood, just kind of clutching it. it. has all sorts of skins wrapped around it. She approaches and comes to a stop, leans against it. You already identify, Zach, the moment you guys are approaching. You know this is going to be Piper's moment of who the hell are you? Wanting to know who she's about to let into the community. But you do see some relief on her face as she spots... Uh, 
she spots the young boy peeking up from behind the crest of this great trike. She does level her eyes at Clover. Clover, interestingly enough, you do not sense hostility from this one, but you do sense a scrutinizing gaze. You also, being a butterfly and being somebody who's lived in the life that you have lived, you spot you know to spot a warrior when you see one. You get the impression, though, that she might be untested, which kind of leads you to think she's going to be more volatile than a typical person. Maybe she's got something to prove. Because the way she carries herself as she stands before this gate, this young woman with this crudely chopped, sandy, dark, sandy brown hair, looks like she's ready for a fight when you guys walk up, the way she's standing. She raises her hand as everyone approaches, and she goes, All right, that's far enough. Silver Creek isn't just open to visitors. We need to know who everyone is, what you're doing here. Uh, hi, I'm Ozzy. This is Joe. This is Clover. This is Dahlia. Wait, sorry. They know you, right, Dahlia? Yeah, they're, they're, they're with me. They're, they're good. Yeah, we're with, we're with her. And, and. Friends of yours? She glances yes. over at you, Dahlia. Yes. She glances then at Zach to see if Zach, what Zach's reaction to this is. Uh, I give the, I just give a nod and say, we're returning the boy. She gives a nod and says, All right. I'm letting you into a community of families. I'm selling you this because I want you to know how fast I will kill anybody who threatens people here. No threat. None at all. She slacks and goes, All right, open the gates. The doors begin to open back up, and she goes, Go on in. Melina's going to want to talk to you. Especially the newcomers. Is there a lot of tech on her? Or is she um, she has a belt that looks like it's tech. Judging from the, from the devices that are gathered around her waist, it looks like she has something that's probably old school sati on her. You're not sure Ooh. if it's an ammo casing, if it's a projection, perhaps it's a communication device, but it does have what looks like hollow projectors that are available to activate at any moment. She also is wearing a glove on her left hand. Almost, if you didn't know any better, you would think it was cybernetic. Like maybe her hand is a prosthetic attachment. It, it's not. It looks like a glove from the looks of it. What it does, you could only guess. Uh, oh, so as we pass through past her, Clover is silent. She really doesn't say anything at this mm -hmm. point. But her eyes just are really tracking the tech, like wide-eyed with such palpable curiosity. Yeah, it's, it's interesting for you, Clover, because you're stepping into a community right now whose impulse is not to destroy it. And you realize your situation right now is weird and maybe even a little as anathema as it might feel to you. There is an opportunity here to suddenly be around tech that doesn't get destroyed. Uh -huh. And that's <laughs> new to you. Yeah. You're not a... You won't be committing sacrilege for liking what you see and wanting to know more. And that is a strange, glorious new possibility. Y'all are the talk of this town when y'all walk in because you've got Atticus. Um, <laughs> there are other dinos in town. 
which you guys mostly see that they're dinos that very much resemble Bruno. Most of them are helping pull carts and whatnot. Most of them are a little, um, they look like they're animals that are helping. You see, you do see one animal that's taking up a large amount of space, which is a hadrosaur. Standing close to about 16 feet tall, this duck-billed dinosaur is currently lumbering behind what looks like two, a couple, a married couple that is watching you all with curiosity as it walks by. The hadrosaur kind of leans over and, and makes a, a noise that is probably mild to the hadrosaur, but is ear-splitting to the rest of you as this animal just kind of quacks outward and just <laughs> acknowledging everyone as it moves by. As you all continue to make your way in, though, you see emerging from a, what looks like a tech lab up ahead, snapping your attention immediately, Clover. You see what looks like perhaps a mobile sati tech lab. It's old, maybe from the days of the first commute, perhaps part of an old sati bunker, something out this far from Kaleno City, but one of the original research laboratories has multiple modules attached to it, and it looks like it's fully functioning. You can see that the designation on the side of it and the Satie company logo has long since worn away from the pure white metal hull that protects the interior of the lab. But the ramp leading up to the doors, and indeed the doors themselves, as they slide open, all look like they come from the old... You could be in Kaleno City right now, for all you know, near one of the higher districts where Sati has set up its research laboratory still. Um, and emerging from it, you see what must be a positively ancient Latino woman holding a cane, dressed in what looks like uh, research attire, like long, loose, comfortable clothes, bleached white hair. Um, her eyes denote her age and wisdom. And even though... Dr. Amalia Molina is hitting close to 116 years of age. She moves around with the grace of somebody who probably just entered into their early 70s and comes to a stop tapping her cane against the walkway as she emerges at you all approaching. She takes sharp, immediate note, not her eyes are not drawn to Clover at all, but instead are drawn to Ozzy and Joe. She watches you all as you approach. It's a quick sidebar. Those of you who are from Kaleno City and who, or who are from Silver Creek, it is not unusual, in fact, for people like the first commuters, the first time travelers that got stranded here, who are from the old world, the future from which your parents and grandparents came from. It is not unusual for them to pass, easily pass 100 years in age as they have been biomechanically enhanced bioengineered they are from a future of spectacular technology and science that you could only dream of it's not unheard of for people of the first commute to reach anywhere up to 160 years of age before finally passing away she is an elder of this village and she watches you calmly with a furrowed brow as you approach come to a stop in front of her Rescue the boy, Zach. Yes, uh, I, I retrieved. I retrieved the boy. 
we need to set another reminder to the young and the ignorant that the trikes are in heat currently and we need to keep our people away. You see, she exhales and she says, you've just described the entire village. <laughs> I will remind everyone again. Tezin, are you there? You see Tezin sit up. Says, are you all right, boy? Tezin goes, I got scratched. Bad? I don't think so. Clover's going to go over and help Tezin down gently, super gently. That hurts. He lets out a, ah. Sorry. He set him down. Melina takes note of the bandages. She says, come here, boy. Let me look at you. Tezin slowly walks up to her and she sets her cane against the railing, turns him around by the shoulders and says, all right, get inside. Go. And she starts ushering him in and she says, all of you two, I want to see you inside. You two as well. She points at Ozzy and Joe. Yes, As you wish. Okay. With tremendous uh, called in by the vice principal energy, does uh, Ozzy go? Joe's seen that one before. <laughs> I think uh, Dahlia leans over to, to Joe and Ozzy and goes, this Dr. Molina just shows some respect. She's um, kind of the lead head honcho person here. Good to know. Good to know. Is she cool? She seems cool. She reminds me of my abuela. Then she's cool. Oh. Let's go meet her. <laughs> Something you haven't experienced for a few weeks. And one of you, maybe never in your life. Inside. Climate control. <gasps> oh, yes! When you, oh, yes. Oh, when you enter this research lab, you it's like... I remember spending my summers at SeaWorld when I was a kid and stepping into the gift shop after being sunburned outside and being hit with a wall of cold air. And then moving into the shot, like, and then to further tell you the nineties kid that I was immediately going over to the wall of CDs and just listening to music. So I didn't have to leave. <laughs> um, you all enter a climate controlled laboratory, spacious, lots of open space for people to move through here. Um, you can see that she has folded up in a compact next to the door, a chair that can unfold and immediately activate for her to sit in and use as a mobility device whenever she needs it. Um, the chair is currently stashed into the side of the wall. Currently, she's using her cane as she moves over to one of the long beds that you see. The bed, a robotic arm immediately goes down, and you see this light begin to scan young Tezen. And she goes, immediately takes Tezen and says, setting you down. She sets the young boy down. You see, you're all seeing a 3D display of this young boy's wound. It is possible kidney damage the wound is so deep as you're looking at it um he immediately goes mm, sets down and she goes hold on you're fine taps a couple of buttons on this robotic arm and you see the robotic arm two little needles stick out and go and she goes grab my hand Tezen squeezes her hand and goes mm, as the needles just you all watch as the wound goes the skin begins to glow this bright green as you see the bio enhancers immediately start regrowing the flesh on the spot. 
you see it just start to close up. Clover, your entire life spent in the wilderness. Wounds like this, traveling with the traveling with the butterflies, you you've seen some of the more rigid, hardcore butterflies rather die than receive medical treatment that wasn't stitch and needle. This would probably be a death sentence on one of you out in the wilderness. You were carved from rock. You were made to be tough. This boy is going to live just fine. It looks like he's being treated for a cold. And a few moments later, the wound is gone. And she taps her cane on top of his head with irritation and says, running into the trike mating area? And he goes, I know. What were you thinking? I don't want to hear the answer to that. Your mother... Your mother is going to be angry at me for healing that wound. You're lucky. I saw you first. <laughs> he, he says, I know. All right. He's going to kill you with a hug. Go. I think uh, uh, Joe leans over to Ozzy and goes, exactly like Abuela Lopez. <laughs> I'm obsessed with her already. It's uncanny. Yeah. She goes, you see Tezen starts to leave and she, Melina, you see irritation and she wraps her cane on the ground again and Tezen stops and she just gives him a look and Tezen seems to immediately know and goes, um, turns to rescue me and says, thank you for rescuing me. Oh, to be, I gave you a ride. I was just around, uh, Zach, our, it, uh, yeah. I'm not I'm doing it again if you get lost. You know, it's, that feels unreasonable. Can I? Dahlia steps in front of all of them and goes, you're quite welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that actually gets a little bit of a smile as Melina kind of reads that everyone's being a little loving severe with the kid and you kind of add a little bit of sugar to it, which you see Melina approves. Like there is an immediate, like a sense of, I'll say this right off the bat. Most people don't get along with Melina the way you have managed to get along with her, Dahlia. Um, yeah. The two of you seem to have an understanding of how some of these dynamics work. And Melina says, go, go, go. Clover wait, runs wait, wait. after. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Stop. I, I hand him a biscuit. Can you give this to Bruno? It's like a gold looking biscuit. Sure. Yeah. I'll give it to Bruno. And Clover has also come over to stop. Uh, and it's very quietly... Mm -hmm. Just to Tez and says, can I have my book back? Please? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is really cool. Sorry, I'll get you. I can make you a copy. I just need to keep this one. Really? Can you just make me the pictures? Yeah, sure. Can you? Thank you. Okay, <laughs> thanks. He wasn't paying attention. Hmm? Zippy, oh. the flying micro raptor, snaps the biscuit right out of his hands. <gasps> Oops, sorry. Oh, and with a gasp. And chases him out the door <laughs> as a flying buzz. Like zzz, you see quickly, just as the door closes, it is clear that Bruno sees what's happened, sees food, and the door is closed. You don't know how that story ends. <laughs> you hear peasant going, No, 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 no. no. <laughs> he deserves uh, that one, probably. Cool <laughs> chaos. <laughs> Um, while right. all of the like the healing and stuff was happening, Joe was like watching, like watch what they're doing. Can can I get like a read on the level of tech in here? Like, is this it's like sati. the lab I left? Yes, like it's is very it similar. but like new new sati? Um, it doesn't look it doesn't look new. 
but it looks okay. it looks old school. It looks like a lot of the tech you were not allowed to be around. It looks like some of the tech that came from the first commute and has not been revised or built up since. This looks like some of the original tech from a hundred years ago when the commuters first arrived in Grebek. You you can see the telltale signs that it's all been upkept very well. It's in good condition and working well. Like this is like it's yes. old, but like up and kept. and as a bit of a scientist yourself, you're you're kind of able to identify just by the way that she moves yeah. around here. This has probably been Melina's lab for the past six decades. Yes. <laughs> um, this is she she this is her home here, and she keeps it immaculate. Joe's being very like very that minded. This is her spit. Like this is her lab. Like she knows what that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she knows yeah, what that yeah, means. Yeah. Very polite. Like when she goes to like look at stuff, she's like you know like hand, like a kid in an antique store. Like don't touch anything. Don't touch. That. Like so she's got like her hands like to her chest and is like looking at. Like so she. I'm very uh, like loudly choreographing that she's not touching things. Mm -hmm. she's just You're showing deference. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Very much. Melina immediately glances over. At this point, when silence falls, before anybody else has a chance to answer questions, she snaps her attention over to Clover and says, You girl, are you the butterflies? Clover's face. Deer in headlights. Um. Uh. No. Um. Ah. I. I used to. Used to? Yeah. Do you know Aldane? Uh, you all see pain go through Clover's eyes at that name. Yeah. Do you know Echo? Do I know Echo? That Do I recognize that name? Name doesn't immediately ring a bell. I think. You think you remember hearing Aldane talk about a sister named Echo? Maybe. Do you know Penny? None of these names ring a bell to you? Maybe Echo? You see worry on her face. She looks tired suddenly. She nods and says, ah, I thought... I thought maybe you would have heard from them. Please don't tell anyone from there that I'm here. I'm... I'm... We had not seen Aldane in six years. No, not... No, Aldane is gone. Um... That catches her attention. What do you mean, gone? Um, Aldane is dead. <sighs> Queen of the Butterflies has died? Yeah. Yeah. She There's... pulls a stool over and sits. The new one um, doesn't like people like me, so that's why I left. And if, if they knew that, if they found me, I probably wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be good. So please don't tell anyone I'm here. She looks like she's processing this. You see her gather herself for a moment. The news of Aldane's death takes her by surprise. And she says, We knew Aldane through Echo. Echo was one of our daughters. She 
left with Penny many years ago to explore the other continents. We have not seen or heard from them since. I don't know Aldane personally, just through her sister. We don't have really much of a relationship, more of an understanding with butterflies. I don't think you'd have to worry about us telling them that you're here. Okay. If Aldane is not in charge anymore and someone else is, then we might be back to square one with your people. Uh, former people. Uh, Clover just continues to shift uncomfortably at the subject matter and she says to Melina, it's not good over there. It's not good with them. It's really bad. You've been hurt, haven't you, child? I'm fine. <laughs> I got away. That Some bad. people didn't get away. You see a pained look on her face and she says, I spoke to Aldane last six, and six years ago. Very brief conversation. Some information had been passed to her. There was concern that this information might change things for the butterflies, but we thought for the better. You know of what I speak? Clover looks confused. She raises her hand and says, Enough of this, then. You're here now. You are safe. No one is sending you back to the butterflies. No one is telling them you are here. Thank you. If you wish to stay in Silver Creek, you are welcome in Silver Creek. Thank you. Her gaze... She looks around at the rest of you, too. <laughs> kind of embarrassed. She gazes over now at Joe and Ozzy and bluntly says... Sati? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to have a job for you uh, when I, if I go back, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Omar Sati? I get, uh, ah, sure. You, you sent here? I want no. to understand why you're all here. Last time we had Sati this far north, things did not go well. Uh, Joe does, I think, the thing that uh, Ozzy would recognize, which is uh, at, at a certain point, she can't, she will just answer questions. And so the best thing she can do is just. And that's usually your cue of like, if we're lying, you better do it now or I'm going to answer all of her questions. <laughs> uh, Ozzy is clutching their their little bag uh, to their chest. Uh, they didn't send us we couldn't I couldn't ran they ran because they were coming to try to find me oh, that seems to click with her and it seems to end the line of questioning like suddenly she realizes they're here for you like 
You notice that she looks somewhat satisfied by that answer. Still curious, though. Hmm. But, uh, it, 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 uh, you know, just to put it out there, if you... Uh, we can help out around, I suppose. I have to, uh, some technological knowledge if things need upkeep or something, I suppose. Atticus is pretty big. He might need a big, long nap, but... You know, he can maybe help move some stuff around. We won't be freeloaders, basically, if you need Freeloaders? Them. Does that mean you plan on staying, then? Is unclear. That... Unclear. And she looks at Ozzy. <laughs> Ozzy seems to be trying to figure out how they could be helpful. Yeah. They've just had a couple weeks of realizing just how utterly useless they are outside <laughs> of... A gloriously air-conditioned office building. Well, <laughs> she she considers this and she says, your arrival is timely, considering we are having conversations about a desperate need to rebuild portions of our wall. Silver Creek, quite frankly, is getting too big for itself. That I can help with. Your companion, the trike, Atticus. Atticus. You see a smile on her face. If he's willing to help. Debatable, but we can try. Again, he might need a nap and a romp in the river uh, to reset him, but... Side cut, you just hear Atticus go... <laughs> he knows. He knows he's being <laughs> volunteered for work right now. <laughs> As a microraptor zips by in front of him, being chased by a hell chicken. He's just, like, flat on the ground, just, like, wa like watching the back and yeah. forth. Oh, yeah, just... Um, she thinks this over after a moment and says, we don't have enough room. That doesn't mean you are not allowed to stay. It means someone is going to have to volunteer some space until we can find ways of getting you lodgings. But if you intend on staying in Silver Creek, I've never been able to turn someone away, especially people who are looking for something outside of Kaleno City. I think that, Joe yeah. just Joe just like rolls her head to Dahlia with like puppy dog eyes. <laughs> what? Yeah, but you said that we were the thing you were waiting for, so like Oh yeah out, Maybe. Um Doc, if they could stay with me for a few, that would be great. I had um an idea or a you know what I'm talking about. They're supposed to be here. She nods slowly and says, I've seen some pretty unusual things in my time, but I think of it from a scientific point of view. That being said, seeing is believing, and here they are. If you're telling me that they're supposed to be here, then I will go along with this for now. Oh, like, that's supposed to be here? I didn't really- I thought you were just- oh. Okay. But I need the three of you to answer one question before I say yes to any of this. And I need you, for the sake of people within Silver Creek, to be honest with me. Is anyone after you? It's actually a good stopping point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they know how to As answer that. As that silence 
hovers in the air. Who's got wars? The three of you. <laughs> the three of you don't know how to answer that question. I would say Dahlia's eyes like dart to Ozzy and then like back again. <laughs> <laughs> good good right. stuff. Though. We'll figure it out. <laughs> this session flew by so fast to me. Yeah. I know. It was so much fun. Yeah. It's I good love every be... single dino. Um, and also, uh, chat membership in the Zippy fan club is now open. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're all Zippy's biggest fans. The Zippy, by the way, is not an original concept. I don't want to take credit for it. I actually swiped that directly from the GM's toolbox in the Predation oh, okay. Core book on page, uh, on page 156. It details adding a small little flying device to what looks like a small micro raptor, and Ooh. it was too good to pass up. Thanks, Shanna. Thank you, Shanna Germain. Thank you, Shanna Germain. <laughs> and whoever, whoever specifically drew that, because it's brilliant. Um, thank you all so much. Fellow Dino lovers, for sticking around and joining us back. Thank you for returning to uh, with us to Silver Creek. We will be back next Monday night for the next chapter of this new version of this new story of Silver Creek. Until then, thank you all. And good night. As we wrap up today's thrilling recording on Predation, remember that you can catch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST. Explore our diverse podcast library, from the $2 creature feature to pest control and beyond. Dive into our rich archive, featuring everything from the eerie mysteries of ghosts and werewolves to the epic adventures of Star Trek and superheroes. Your continued support fuels Althaven's journey, so please consider supporting us on Ko-Fi, to help create more shows like this. Join our lively Discord community to stay updated on upcoming Haven events. Until next time, keep exploring, keep listening, and keep the Haven spirit alive. Thank you for being a cherished part of Alt Haven.